This will be like yesterday's dinner leftovers in the morning while you're waiting for the rest of the family to get showered before having the real breakfast. And what does that mean? Hi, editor here. That means that we recorded this on October 2nd, the night before the Hasbro breakfast at New York Comic Con, or I guess adjacent to New York Comic Con. A lot more got revealed there than I think any of us thought was going to get revealed there, and I decided I'm just going to put the front and back on this podcast and release it. So if you hear us talking about what we think we'll see there, etc., think of that as a sealed envelope podcast. If you want to hear some thoughts we had about today's reveals at the end, uh, I'll read you some at the end, all right? So here's the podcast, and then I'll talk to you afterwards. What the f*** is going on down there? Hello, welcome to WTFW572. Aaron, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Uh, you were not here when we did some listener question backup, uh, backup, pickup, catchup. Uh, Words you were, hard. Yeah, you were you were handling stuff uh, at a medical place, not your own. Just because I, I realized I I don't know if I'd ever specified anything about what was going on. We don't have to, but yeah, it, Aaron, no, Aaron Al- was not like having a heart attack. Or no, anything. no, um, Alfie was having a uh, a wisdom tooth dental thing. That oh, it's fine. It's not an issue. Then you know it was super an issue and had to just be taken care of. Mas rapido, but yeah. Uh, by by all accounts, things have been taken care of and recuperations occurring, so it's a net positive uh, for all involved. Aside from you know, wisdom tooth stuff. Yeah. But Aaron, uh, we're we we got us a pile of news. We also got us TJ. TJ, how's it going? Unless I missed you stepping away for a second. No, no, it's just been a long day. Oh. All right, TJ. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I know you thought it was a long day, but guess what? We got uh, toy reveals, and then me deciding to talk about like a month and a half of toys we didn't really talk about that much, as far as I can recall. Yay. Uh, so it's gonna be gonna be good times. Uh, also, I found a picture of Epcot uh, to put in the last episode, and I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, yes, it's not as if you could have asked the person who was just there. Nope. That's impossible because when I was doing the, the pictures, I was I had been up for like twenty hours, uh, if I recall correctly. I can't remember anymore. Anyway, whenever I think of doing things, you're not the only one. I've sometimes had people go like, "Oh, you should have just ask me for help," and I'm like, "Yeah, no, no. If I had done it in in a timely, normal person manner, I would have asked for help." But I was like, it was four in the morning, and I was like, "I need a picture." Uh, <laughs> and normal processes were not happening at that point. Um, Anyway, we we're uh, we got we got some toys to talk about. Before we talk about the newest new stuff, we got some other new stuff to talk about. And before we talk about that, I kind of want to warm us up with a little bit of on topic what we got this week because I uh, I got a couple things to talk about. I haven't heard from Aaron TJ. I don't know if you did anything in the last couple weeks as well. But uh, let's start off with Aaron since he wasn't here for the last one. Hey, uh, what if, what if you Transformer? Um, give, me, give me an example. So I got uh, Studio Series number forty seven Hightower. It's about to say, if you tell me just the number, I'm never going to know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you will. You've got a weird brain for that nonsense. <laughs> Not for Studio Series. Uh-huh. So Studio Series and Black Series, I'm just like, I have to find a figure from the assortment, then look at their number, and then go like, okay, I bet the one's close to this. If I see those box spines, I'll be set. But yes, but, uh, I, got, Hightower. Uh, I got Hightower and have combined him with um, whatever the heck the other one was scrap metal scrap metal in order to make the arm 
Yeah. And it is it is going to be like two separate ones combined together, I think, does a better job of kind of conveying what the scope of this Mamma Jamma going to be versus yeah. like, oh, I've got a leg, but how much of a leg is a leg really? Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he going to be big once we done. Like, like I, I don't know if you'd realize on, that. Well, he's got that full on ratchet connected joint thing, which is either an elbow or a shoulder. I'm not actually really sure. Got umph to it, and I, I'm still not sure because the way that this is put together, it could be either one. Yeah. Because High High Tower has like his, you take the claw off of his uh, boom, and you put it on the back of his neck, in mm-hmm. order to make a very thumb-like item. Yeah. And and so then that could very easily this this audio here could very easily be. Uh, an elbow or a shoulder, but the way that they've got very high placements of things, eh, either maybe both. Yeah. Oh, like the the one little maudlin thing about that toy. I, actually, I like High Tower a lot. The only real bummer for me with him is that his best joint is not for him, and it it doesn't have anything to do with his individual modes. It's just sitting back yeah. there. Uh, but how, how you feeling about High Tower by himself? Uh, our, our cute little raptor. Uh, he's weird. Yeah. As as a robot, um, uh, it's I weird. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's not something where you can immediately just apply you know normal critique to. Yeah, um, I think the thing that makes him is that he has so many joints in his legs that it's like okay, yeah. I guess the thing I could complain about you know it's yeah, it's I not mean here. It, he has a lot of joints there and it does a decent job. It's just. Like I think it's one of the pins on his right side is a little bit loose. So uh, what is it connecting? It is connecting. Um, it's in like the. I think it's the upper one. That goes from like there's the treads, then there's the part that can rotate 360, yeah. and then that goes up to one, and I think it's the one above that. I've got him in hand mode right now so yeah, yeah. i can't really dig through it to it but what ends up happening is like it means that on one of those sides i have to keep a certain orientation of everything or oh, else he, or else he just kind of like if you set it there it looks fine but then he just kind of slowly slides sideways until it until it hits the actual hitch point where there's like a physical stop or I can just pose him hunkered down a little bit more. I feel like mine, I didn't have any overt problems I could notice, but I only messed with it for about like an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine mine felt all right. That might be a case where you could probably um, oh, I, say, send I, it in for repair. That doesn't make any sense. I, <laughs> I know that there's work what I could do to it to uh, to stiffen him up and make him work better. I'm not. I'm not, you know... Uh, again, I'm not dreadfully upset that he's a little bit loosey goosey. Yeah. Well, that's that's a journey we're going to be talking about for a little while, isn't it? Like this whole. It's um, like two more waves. I think it's two in the spring wave and two in the f- summer wave. Yeah, but that's a very long ways away. The next summer yeah. wave. <laughs> we we still haven't even seen. I think um, uh, two or three members of that team. Yeah. Um, and it's also uh 
Um, ba, 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 da, da. Sorry, I'm looking for for something else here. Um, oh, it's all, like I said to me the the more exciting point is that um, this is like the first two of them that go together because yeah. everything else along the way has been like isolated. You know, we had the back part of the hand or whatever, and we had either leg, and we're pretty sure, like, with the way that Pokemon and Dump Truck guy stand, they don't, they're different amounts of a leg as well. So so very much the asymmetry of everything is coming through, and then, yeah, the instructions are just like, hey, spring 2020, summer 2020. Well, also the, the the guy who makes the lower half of Devastator, we've not seen hide nor hair of him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it looks to me like Devastator's uh, head and upper body are coming out first. No sign of his right arm or lower body. So, we're, like, it's gonna, it's not or, gonna be or like, mid torso. Yeah, it's not gonna be like one of those um, third party combiners where you kind of get to build it from the feet up as they come out. Like, right. It's going to be, I think, at the best you can hope for is you'll be able to make a one-armed Devastator before uh, Scavenger or whatever, the, the large Voyager yellow one, mm-hmm. uh, before that one comes out. It's almost like they need the most time to figure out how to hold this thing up on legs. Yeah, I'm okay with the main, like, two midsection pieces being, like, the ones taking the longest. Because, like, especially the legs, because, like, the legs are going to have to do the most work. Like, please spend the most time on them. Yeah, uh, I, I just hope that this all you know pans out well because the the individual ones so far, aside from Pogo Man, I think they've been super solid. Pogo Man is just like now that I have him, like there are still decisions on him where I'm like, it's not not even an elbow, not even elbows. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's just a real big legends toy as far mm-hmm. as that stuff's concerned. Uh, but hey, he's got a ton of greebles. Yeah, our Pogo Man does. When he's in one of his two poses, I think he looks great. <laughs> Uh, it's just, you know, I can't do anything else. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it, it's definitely something that like he has, I, I'm, I'm not upset that he has a very alien robot mode. Same with, either. same with Pogoman. I think it's very, very cool that they're taking something and, and going weird with it, especially because that's how they were in the movies. Um, all the, the robot modes were weird that's cool yeah. in its own way. Um, and it's definitely a, a case of it's an alt mode and a part of a combiner and uh, a robot for yeah, most I mean, of ne- these. Never, never let it be said that like my problem with him is the pogo legs. Cause I mean, we got, we got uh, 10 years of evidence that most of us are at least mildly amused by pogo legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, with him, it was really just the arms. I was just like, if, if there were elbows, I'd be fine with all this. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought there were elbows for a good like five minutes, and I was like, "How do I get these to work?" Um, but to anything else on your plate, Transformers wise? Uh, yes, I also got the uh, number forty six dropkick. Ooh, the car dropkick. So yes, the uh, AMC Javelin. Yeah, I like the that car. toy. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised by that toy. Yeah, um, I've transformed him back and forth a few times. My initial uh, unfun parts were that his uh, it's another case uh, of as soon as I touch a shoulder on a thing, it falls apart. His mm. left shoulder, I think that I need to shave out a tiny bit of the socket 
because I can push it in place all the way and it feels like it's just a nudge away from clicking in. Yeah. Like there's some something is oversized, not undersized, that forces the two parts to want to separate if you move them around. It's not like it's loose and just hangs there like um like the other car was, where it just kind of like you look at it and vibrate a little bit and it all falls apart because it's everything is small. It's like yeah. everything is slightly too big. And so it has interference fit, and once it finds that that direction to let the stress out, it pushes it that way. Yeah. But as a car, it actually becomes a car. I I, I didn't have to chase panels around for twenty minutes to get everything to lock into place. I still want to pick up that shatter toy just to see what the the hubbub is. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yeah, like messing with that guy and, and reading the feedback thread too, I was like. This guy is, like, so adjacent to Shatter, but apparently is also way better. Yep. So, the, it's... it's the, the, the problem, big air quotes, that I, I would potentially have is I like some of the other studio guys that have done a better job of hiding and or integrating the weapon, and instead it just sits on his, on his tail. Well, and, and what's, what's maddening, I think I mentioned this last time, uh... Is that large divot and like that large gap in the bottom of the vehicle? In the bottom of the vehicle the, that looks like it, yeah. It's literally the same silhouette as the weapon, but it isn't. Yeah, yeah. it almost feels like, like, because there is a tab in there as well. It almost feels like maybe an earlier design had a weapon that went in there. Yeah. And it just, like, they decided now nah, we'll do this. Um, and the only thing that was rough for me for a bit, because the instructions are still Hasbro instructions, come on. Um, it looked like that piece that is the black piece in the middle of the bottom. Mm-hmm. The instructions, I thought, made it look like that was supposed to tuck up on top over the feet. Oh, that part, I, I, I actually stopped using the instructions of that part, because I was like, this is going to make me break the figure. Yeah. So I just sat there and messed with it for a while until everything felt like it was okay. That's what I ended up having to do. I was like, well, man, everything else fits in better if this is outside. It looks a little bit weird, but it looks like it'll still roll. Go all the way through and take a look at it. I was like, no, there's tabs that help lock stuff in based off of that. What the heck are the instructions doing again? Yeah. Or, or you know, that, that part, especially with the feet, tiny, tiny panels. Mm-hmm. And the instructions are high contrast, super dark. You know, minuscule photographs. You can barely tell what's going on. You can tell things have been highlighted. Yeah. But you don't know why. Yeah, you're trying to call out (laughs) something here. What are you trying to call out? Uh Yeah. Um, Small news update, not on the topic list. They've put up more video instructions. So uh, it seems like they are following through with that stuff from the the small talk I had with them at Fan Expo. That that's a, a definite goal of theirs right now. Um, unfortunately, it's all Siege, not Studio Series, so nothing to help the Dropkick owners. Um, but uh, Dropkick kind of made out well with Studio Series toys. Because mm-hmm. uh, Volks- Volkswagen Bumblebee, I think, was still kind of a, a, a like high-tier miss, and it sounds like Dropkick was terrible. Um, the, the t- or Sorry, Dropkick Shatter was terrible, well, by all reports. The two Dropkicks are both pretty okay. Yeah. And have very good transformations. And I've seen some glowing feedback on the helicopter drift. The, like, quote-unquote retool of Dropkick. Okay. Um, makes me want to pick him up if I see him on sale uh, at some point. Because apparently it is, like, a retool, but the entire torso transforms differently. And it's all apparently a lot cleaner. 
So hmm. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'd like to know more. Um, anything else in your end, Aaron? Uh, no. All right. Uh, TJ, anything anything fresh since we last talked in the, the world of Transformers? Um, few things that were still on my little text file. I don't even remember if I talked about or not. Uh, I'm I am one of the worst people to ask about that, but I'll see if anything rings any bells. Uh, did I mention Smashdown? Smashdown. Uh, not last time. So if you did, it was a very long time ago. But if if she's on the sheet, must well, be recent. Well, I got her at Epcot. Okay, no, you did not mention Smashdown. Yeah. So like Epcot. Uh, Japan was literally the only place I've ever seen Smashdown for sale, and they had like a whole basketball of them. Hmm. Oh, sweet! So for everyone who can't find that anywhere, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we got go them to at Epcot. Epcot. Yeah, my, I, I, mine yeah, came. I think mine came off a of Hasbro Pulse because I just gave up on thinking about looking for them. I just, I, just, I found yeah. found one of EB Games in Canada. Like even like even the online shops are sold out of the uh, out of this thing. It's so weird because like by the way, I'm going to say I keep saying she because I. Aaron, I'm not misremembering, right? Drew Nolasco said uh, Smashdown is a she Correct. when we did that podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because at some point, I, it started to just be me saying it, and then I was like, wait. This, yeah, because this I, I'm not- pretty sure that he was like, yeah, and we're excited to say that it's it's a she because balance or something like that. There was there was a specific, like a more specific note to it rather than just yeah him him throwing she in without any other statement. Yeah, I just I, I had I had moments in the last few months where I was like, am I am I imagining this whole thing? Um, but TJ, how are you finding our our resident hammer bowl thing? Uh, yeah, uh, it's a fun little figure. Mm-hmm. Like I do like how I do like the transformation. It's a neat little way of making this big solid Thor hammer out of it. Yeah, and the effect part works better than I expected it to. Mm-hmm. Like it it has you know it's a very it's a very proper like smash effect that works in a few other ways mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just it's just generally nice like i get so bored with these like i don't even bother with the the, the battle masters anymore well, just because well, most of the time is just the the gun folds its feet up i was about to say about what a third of the battle masters are variations on g1 target master with ball socket hips yeah. So mm-hmm. like the, those ones are hell boring compared to all the other ones. Yeah, it's weird to me cuz I I I feel like when they were doing uh when they're doing the Titan Masters as the individuals, the ones where they kind of went out there were the kind of odd ones that really didn't work as well as play toys. Mm-hmm. Uh like the lion the name escapes me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm now I'm not going to remember. Um Yeah. I'm thinking of Lionizer because of the TCG. But that's not who yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's not Lionizer. But you know, ones like that that didn't really work when they went out of the box. But it, fe- it feels like like if they went out of the box more often on the Battle Masters, I would be so much more into them because this is so much more interesting. Yeah, um, Lionizer, Taraxanon, and Smashdown uh, are you know, and Dazzle Strike uh, are so much more interesting to me than the Fold in Half Gun Boys uh, having like open three waves of them, like two one and a half waves, kind of all at once. Uh, the the fold and half gun boys were just like oh you again oh you again but you have a different thing on the top right yeah you you have different effect parts like it's it's just it's it's just very boring uh and Taraxodon and and Lionizer especially are just like they turn out so well in my opinion um 
And it, I, I'm bummed out now because there were some more really cool looking not fold in half gunboy ones in the new TCG reveals, but they are all from G1 Action Masters. They're all the, a bunch of partners uh, just with new artwork. They are not upcoming Siege toys that we're aware of. Because like, mm-hmm. one of them, okay, one of them is one of those Euro, it was Euro G1 Sideswipes uh, Action Master partner um, who was like one of those flip up helmet backpacks. Uh, and it was like, that's cool. But then they made one who is Action Master Jazz's hoverboard. Mm-hmm. And so they made up a robot mode for the hoverboard. And it's like, a, um, oh, what's the thing? It's one of those sea creature things. Uh, animal oh, lo- yeah. Something or other. It's like a segmented sea creature, sea worm thing. And it's, his name is Private Hoverboard. Because they're like, well, that's the accessories name. All the other accessories had names like Vanguard and stuff, and this one was called Hoverboard, so that's his name, Private Hoverboard. I'm like, all right, that's pretty great. <laughs> um, so yeah, Smashdowns, is, I would say, one of the best ones on the line, uh, especially for that mm-hmm. effect part. That effect part is fantastic. Yeah. Um, lets you actually use Smashdown as a real hammer to get people's attention because you have a little rubber stopper with that thing. So you can, like, you can bang yet. around the not, desk. Like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I've not had the occasion yet. <laughs> Speaking of the TCG, uh, at sign load of hoopla, local player, friend of the podcast, um, entire siege one release sealed tournament series every now and then. Oh, that's Smashdown. Hmm. Um, anything else you want to highlight from the list? Uh, I can finish up my talk of spark armor figures. Cause I got in Grimlock. Oh, I went to look at a, rev- uh, a review of him on YouTube after you mentioned that apparently he looked like he was not up there with uh, Bumblebee, and uh, he his armor certainly looks interesting. It looks like they tried to do a lot of things, and none of them were finished. And they I- tried. <laughs> they tried. Okay, so, aside from a lack of paint, the base Grimlock is really, really cool. Yeah. Aside from just a nice range of articulation, it has a really different transformation for a Grimlock. Yeah, that... Cause, like, <laughs> yeah. Because, like, it's a horizontal T-Rex, but when you're transforming him, ha- all the entirety of his upper half comes out of the legs. Yeah, for and the video I saw, like, like called it out by name, and I completely agreed. It's the Rid Viacon, the Prid Viacon trick, with most of the car mode, like, accordioning into the legs... Kinda, yeah. Yeah, like that Grimlock kind of does that trick with most of the T-Rex mode. It's fascinating. Uh, it's super cool. Yeah, with so many Grimlocks coming out, I'm thrilled that there's one that's just like, no, 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 we're gonna do it this way. Yeah. Uh, like the the Bumblebee as well, once I handled him, I was like, yeah, this is such a nice and clean transformation. It's later when I realized that creating such a wonderful, clean robot mode, like almost Action Master-like, is completely show inaccurate, because in the show he has giant door wings. Uh, and Grimlock has all that, you know, uh, T-Rex uh, belly mush as the backpack in the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way the toys do it is, I think, actually better looking than the show. But, uh, yeah, it looks it looks like probably the best Grimlock uh, in the line. Well, I've, I've only got a couple from the line, so... There's I don't t- have the ultimate. Everyone keeps telling me to get the ultimate. I looked at a video of that because I was hearing the same thing. And if, if I'm being honest, I don't. I kind of see what people are saying, except for the part where he's ultimate price point. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the other <laughs> ultimates I got on sale for 18 bucks, And, like, if I would saw that, if I saw him on sale, I probably wouldn't say no. Yeah, for 18 bucks, like, he looks fine. It's just like, you, you know Grimlock's transformation? 
There's, mm-hmm. He's doing nothing new, and he has gorilla curl arms without wrist swivels, and it's like... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the line's not known for its articulation. I was just like, this guy ain't Ultimate Optimus at all. And everyone's also saying, oh, just ignore the gimmick. And I'm like, I want the gimmick to not be ignorable if he costs as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, we're, we're avoiding talking about Spark Armor, Grimlock, Spark the Armor. armor. Yeah. yeah, we're avoiding the armor It's a here. garbage truck, and uh, that's... It's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> you, if you're listening to this, go look up a picture of him wearing the armor, because you kind of need to look at that. Yeah, the armor itself is not great looking. And it's trying like, to do so many things. It's like all the other armor kind of, like, even, like, I'm, it, you know, it has the right shapes to it. Like, the armor actually looks like it has, like, good function to it. Yeah. You know, there's usually, like, a good flip-down part for the chest to make it look like... No, this is, like, he's just wearing a dump truck. Like, it tries to do a whole bunch of spring-loaded transformation stuff. Yeah, and it, it doesn't even, like, all even the ones that don't do it right try to match up to the arm shape and the arm silhouette to some degree. Mm-hmm. And like his, the idea is that his armored arms are forward with daggers out, but instead it just looks like the dump truck landed on him. And instead of transforming, it vomited itself out of its own mouth onto his chest. <laughs> and it's like, kind of. <laughs> and it tries to, from what I saw in the video, it also tries to do like a three state, a two or three stage automorph and like kind of, kind of interrupts itself. If you don't do it right. Uh, oh, I I could never figure out the armor. Like the spring tolerances on it are so tight, it just does not want to cooperate. Yeah, yeah. After after that experience of Optimus and Cheetor and Bumblebee, I was like, like Megatron is a maybe. That Grimlock again is a maybe, but neither of them for the armor, unfortunately. Uh. Yeah. Well, at least we've got reporting on it, and you've been, you did, I'm going to talk about this in a bit, but you, yeah, the, the Spark Armor stuff, some hidden gems in that line, but but do not assume any one is as good as another one. Yeah, yeah, it's not a universal. Yeah. The Bumble the Bumblebee is really, really good. The Bumblebee is, and... is actually ridiculous. I want to know what that Bumblebee originally was supposed to be. There's no way that thing was made with Spark Armor in mind, because no other figure in Spark Armor has that sort of engineering going on. Like, they all feel like really solid gimmick toys, and that Bumblebee is just like, I'm a really good Bumblebee, and they added ports to my shoulders. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, maybe skip Grimlock. Uh, or, you know, get him on wait sale. Wait till it's on sale, and then just, yeah, wait till it's on sale and disregard the armor. Get him, Yeah, get him for a price where you're buying Grimlock. Don't don't yeah. pay for the trash can. Or sorry, the trash uh, truck. The trash. The don't tra- pay for, don't the trash. pay for the trash. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm hard on it because you know what? Uh, Bumblebee, Cheetor, and Optimus's armor. Okay, Bumblebee and Optimus's armors, technically. Uh, those things do a really solid gimmick, and they work with the toy, and they look good. So I'm not saying that like when I when I'm poo pooing the thing from afar, you know, and TJ, obviously you're poo pooing it from it's it's the poo poo that's right there. Yeah, like. That line at that price point has done better armor. So it's it also is frustrating to me because I'm like, that's the final wave of that armor. Like, that should be the one. Instead, it's like, that's the one that came last for a reason. Yeah. Um, anything else Transformers-wise on your end you want to hit? 
Uh, we mentioned the helicopter drift. So might as well talk about the helicopter drift. Oh yeah, is he good? Because I've been his feedback thread was kind of glowing and oh yeah, yeah, he's he, he is actually quite good. All right, it's like he is using he is using most of the drop kick transformation, and that's a very good thing because drop like the the advantage of that toy was how good the transformation was. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you get because it was kind of generic helicopter to kind of generic robot that didn't look like he did in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, so you're taking you're taking the best element and you're creating this movie accurate drift out of it, and you get a little gap issue in the helicopter mode. But from what I could tell from like the ten seconds it was actually on screen, it is actually accurate to the movie. Yeah, because in in the movie he does not turn he's he with no explanation turns into an alien helicopter basically like a small one one person piloted sleek Cybertronian looking helicopter. Yeah. Um, so I'm so glad that they, they were actually able to make a toy of it, but it, it looks like the torso does a bunch of stuff differently, uh, than, uh, Dropkick did. Cause I mean, the, tor- oh, yeah, the torso is do- not the cockpit, right? Right. Yeah. The cockpit kind of rests on the back. So he gets a little bit of back kibble, but beyond that, mm. uh, yeah, like it's a really neat thing visually when you're transforming a helicopter and you get Bugatti parts in the robot mode. Yeah. It's an interesting little trick your mind goes through. I'm I kind of wish Car Dropkick did that because they they get away with it because Car Dropkick specifically says it's from the arrival scene, mm-hmm. so it's before he's encountered a helicopter. But I'm also like, yeah, this means he's a really just like good straightforward car transformer. Yeah. Uh, no, like the the one the one issue I would have is that the tail rotor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, aside from being physically impossible, uh, yeah. <laughs> for transformation, you pop it off, and it will either you can rest it on his back, you can rest it on his arm, as kind of like I suppose supposed to be a shield, I guess. But it's a blade. You know what's supposed to be so, a shield? I guess we're going to be talking about that again in a later topic here. So, <laughs> I don't, it, it looks like he's wearing a salad shredder on his arm. You know, there's some stuff you could block with a salad shredder, I guess. Yeah, salad. Lettuce. Yeah. Yeah, lettuce. Yeah, no salad. No salad's getting on me. It's just one of those things where, oh, you didn't know what to do with it, so you made it a shield. Yep. Mm. So uh, it does have... It's a bit bit part formery, but beyond that, like, yeah, it's it's a really, really solid figure. He's rocking that Optimus Prime 2019 lifestyle. Um, Yeah, I I saw that where... (laughs) We're, we're going to get to that one. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, okay. Also, I mean, I was telling someone else, in Cyberverse as well, his trademark weapon is kind of a giant blue energy Autobot symbol shield. Like, he uses that more than he uses, uh, uh, you know, an energy axe or anything. So, it's just kind of a thing for him right now. Um, but yeah. Uh, the Captain America thing. Yeah. Except I don't think... No, wait. In Cyberverse, maybe he threw it once. It's kind of weird because it seemed to just manifest, but I might be misremembering. Um, before we get to the news, I got my own little what we got, quick ones to, to touch on here. Uh, thanks to uh, Eric Mechanova King, I got a very good deal on uh, the um, Rainmaker's Siege set, which popped up in Canada during one of our sales and wasn't supposed to be on sale, but Eric found one that was on sale. So I got the Rainmaker 3-pack for some percent off, which made them cost, uh, if I recall correctly, like less than the cost of two Voyagers. 
uh, which is a great price for the Rainmaker 3-pack. Also, the main thing I wanted to, to say about them, the blue one, uh, Ion Storm, his upper shoulder sockets that his guns are supposed to rest in, that he's packaged in, packaging with those in seem to warp those holes to be a little bit too big, so they, they're already, it seems like maybe they're shrinking now that they're in contact with the air, so maybe I saved it, but the, the, the guns were kind of loose in there. Also, all of their chests, no pins, but I transformed all three of them and the chest, pl- the, the chest piece never came off. So I'm pretty sure there's no pin in there, but I think they just made the nubs, I don't know, more perky. Um, the chest, pl- the chest piece did not come off, uh, when I transformed all three of the rainmakers. Uh, also, the colors are lovely, but you can tell that when you see it in person, and y'all will probably see them in person eventually. Um, I like this mold a lot. I would say if you don't like the Starscream mold very much, or the Siege Seeker mold, I mean, like, don't don't get the three-pack of it then, because you're going to get three copies of a toy you don't like. But I, I like this mold, so uh, I'm, I'm down with this. And uh, TJ, it happened. Last day of the sale, I found Ratchet and Shockwave with Spark Armor. Uh, so I got them for 25% off. Um, Shockwave is... The the armor forms on these two are actually way better than Jetfire and Skybite, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, the Shockwave armor... We talked about these two at length, so I'll just say Shockwave... Considering I, I almost bought him and then didn't and then did, I'm actually still quite happy with him. <laughs> He's a, his armor mode is, is, is really lovely. Uh... It fills out the silhouette well. Uh, it doesn't feel like he's got an entire vehicle just sitting on him. Like, it spreads out really nice. And the, uh, the little crab walker mode, I like that he's got little mandibles uh, coming off the backs of his robot mode shoulders. Uh, it's a nice touch. Uh, articulation's pretty solid, aside from the lack of a neck swivel. Uh, ratchet, you were right. That Ratchet has a transformation. Uh, oh, yeah. Very simple one, but it's very simple, but everything moves in such a smart way. That he he turns into a really lovely little cartoon uh, ambulance, um, and his armor also rests on him really well because I think it's mo- aside from that big flap of the the kind of top cockpit pod folding back, um, yeah. you know the cockpit of the snowmobile, uh, because the treads and the skis are what come off and mount onto his arms. It balances the mass really well. So he, and and I didn't realize I, I guess I just didn't because I didn't have the toy. Like it didn't occur to me when you were talking about it. Those two. Um, panels from the ambulance mode that form his back. Uh, that's like stuff we don't even see that often on deluxes. Like, that's a really nice little touch. These, these two panels that are like the front doors, they just fold back and they smooth out and fill in the back panel of the robot mode. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's very nice. The only thing he's really missing are bicep swivels and those ball sockets in his shoulders let him do the Fig Arts fake bicep swivel to about, I'd say 20 degrees, like just enough to notice it. Uh... Good, good little figure. I'm, uh, I'm eyeballing Prowl. Uh, I'm waiting for a sale for Prowl. Uh, I would really like to be given a Star Scream because <laughs> I, I want one, but I don't want to pay money for it because I handled one. I handled Aaron's, and that is a bad toy. Uh, <laughs> but if it's the only one I'm missing, I would, I would really like to just come across one sitting on the floor somewhere, uh, you know, discarded. Um, but yeah, uh, Spark Armor is a line. There's some gems to look for in there. You know, look for Skybite, look for, uh, Ratchet, look for Bumblebee. Uh, those three, I think, are, to me, kind of the top three of my own experience with them. Um, Skybite is, is just, boy, they packed a lot into that little Skybite. Uh, check them out. Also, I caught up on Cyberverse the show. I watched season, I finished season one and watched season two. That show picks up. 
they they really made some decisions on season two right away that I wasn't expecting at all, and I, I kind of liked them. Uh, watch Cyberverse. It's probably the G1 remake you all said you wanted about ten years ago, is, is the way I describe it. It's it's highly G1, highly referential. It is about as intelligent as G1, maybe slightly more intelligent, because it talks about pre-war a lot more often, and, and there's no humans in it at all. Like, that's what y'all wanted, right? That's what mm-hmm. everyone on on the internet yelled about for the 2000s. Well, they did it, and no one's talking about it. <laughs> Obviously, they, they partly did it to save on a whole lot of money animating, but it's, it means we get that Transformers cartoon with no humans that's very G1. Uh... TJ, have you uh, watched through uh, season two of Cyberverse? Uh, I haven't even watched through season one. I didn't either, yeah. and then I did a catch up, and yo, it's worth it. Uh, yeah, I, I need to go back and uh, do a little bit more catch up. Like, did you guys get to the McAdams episode? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm trying to think uh, where I dropped off. Because it's uh, someone was asking me, like, how could I, you know, what what are some touchstones on season one? Because season one is kind of a uh, like I'll just say, it's it's kind of a bad start. It's a very slow, kind of simple, simplistic plotting start, and then it's the McAd- the the episode with Blur and the episode with McAdams are the two that really start to hit something. And then the moment they're in the missile silo and Teletran X shows up, the, the season one just picks up and mm-hmm. moves. Uh, I found out Tele- at least if the TF Wiki was correct, anyway, Teletran X's voice actor that is his first voice acting role, and I'm like, excuse me. Because this is, Teletran X is a fantastic performance. Very specific kind of performance. And, uh, I also really, really like their take on Grimlock. Like, it's a, it's a very cool take on Grimlock that is very nostalgic, but also works a lot. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, anyway, yeah. Cyberverse, worth checking out, in my opinion. Um, let's get to some news. We haven't talked about these at all as far as I can recall. Maybe we talked about them when the gray prototypes for couples first showed up, but we've seen everything now for the Generations C-Cons. They they just revealed the last of the three two-packs. There's also a whole thing about them maybe being Pulse exclusive in America, uh, and I hope that they're not in Canada because they haven't fixed Pulse for Canada yet, and I want to get them from EB Games. I don't want to get them from Pulse. But uh, the big question, I think, was actually answered by the final two-pack, because it involved Overbite and uh, Tentakill, and Tentakill is the one where I think a lot of people were like, what are they going to do for Tentakill? And um, it appears what they're going to do for Tentakill is make, like, half of a completely new toy. Uh, or I, yeah. I guess I should say, like, put a really... Put a, put a, 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 some combination of brand new legs and a big backpack onto one of the Terracons. Um, so they, they all, you know, I'm sure anyone listening knows now, they all have their robot mode, their animal mode, and their gun mode. They're, they're saying that you can have a gun, you know, with, with Piranicon. Probably needs some help holding it, I would expect. Uh, and I, I think it looks pretty good. Like it's, it's a bunch of not really, your average retools is more like r- ridiculously heavy retools. This is like everything that I think the latter years of BotCon wanted to do and didn't manage to do is what I would call this Piranicon. I think it looks great. I sure hope I can buy it easily because I currently don't have pre-orders anywhere. Cause I'm like, I don't even, I don't know. I don't know who's just ordering from pulse and if I should just order from pulse. Um, but, uh, I don't know, Aaron. Let's start with you. Like, how, how have you been feeling seeing these uh, Piran- this Piranicon dudes, the Seacons, uh, um, as they showed up? It's the amount of of change that has gone into uh, Snaptrap or Turtler, 
mm-hmm. from yet again that's the the that old um mold that's kind of been dragged forward forever so yeah the silver Skelet- bolt skeletally yeah the silver yeah. bolt mold kind of sort of over time all, all accounts are the the abominous version of that mold was not a retool it just used a whole bunch of the exact right. same ideas so right. like it, it so was this, this, yeah this is kind of the first retool of that mold but <laughs> yeah it, it's long in the tooth and then just you know every everything else being uh equal i i think that they've done a great job of at least in in the photos that they share of hitting those those colors and that feel of everything mm. i don't know if there's too many cases of like kind of like we got with some of the later combiner wars guys of like i you you can tell that this last one was kind of just wedged in place here um it looks like there's a lot of cool unique molding on things that if it wasn't for the fact that i knew that this was going to be uh another 300 ish dollars maybe maybe two and 200 and change uh depending on if and how uh hasbro pulse does it once it's all the way done it, it, it might be another one that i get yeah i maybe. mean I'm, i i my my approach to it is i will get a hold of this eventually i just don't want to start throwing pre-orders right now because i feel like that's going to be the most expensive way to do it yeah uh, oh, for sure. Not, not to say waiting is going to be any less expensive, but I feel like I want to. I want to know the official capital C Canadian venue. Mm-hmm. I I don't accept that it's just go order it off Pulse. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Or even uh, knowing, you know, what is it going to be on Pulse? Because you know the pre-order prices that we have are like what seventy, eighty dollars for each of the things. that's two sets of limbs, well, seventy-seven bucks. One of them is sold out now. A hundred, a hundred and five through Takara Tomy Mall for the for Snap Trap and Scalor. Like, yeah, I I could see Hasbro Pulse doing this as a box set, then saying, "Hey, this is a box set," and bringing some of that price down. Well, the, like the Pulse, the Pulse pre-orders for one of those two packs sold out kind of the same time that Big Bad rescinded a pre-order and said they were told it's a Pulse exclusive, and then like a day or two later, TF Source put up a pre-order, and I'm like, yeah, it's very. I find it, it's not like confusing or bewildering. It's just it's it's very fast paced, and I feel like I I'm okay to not try to stick with this early adoption of the Seacons. Um, TJ, how have you been processing the uh, the couple months of reveals on the Seacons here? And are, do you feel like they they look any good? I mean, they look good because it is impressive that they actually managed to get all six made. That they have their weapon modes and you know, growing up with Snaptrap, I really really like the look of him. Yeah, like it's been an impressive set of figures. I don't know if it's enough to make me pay two hundred plus dollars for the set of figures, because that's mm. it's rough. Because it's like it's the cost of a convention exclusive set. It's the cost of a it's, it's the cost. Mall yeah, Unite Warriors it, box. It, it's, <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things that I this like starts to push into the same like I think like whale range, like what Unicron has. Of yeah, because like, like we're this, we're going is... to do a bunch of stuff and turn that knob up and pr- 
probably know that we're going to be losing out on people that don't have nearly as much reach, but trying to find the other side of that breakover point of, hey, we only made, you know, 30,000 of these, which is way less than what we normally do, but we're still making money on it. Yeah, because I, I I remember paying less for Unite Warriors sets. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Granted, that's five figures instead of six, but and, like with, I'm still getting one combiner out of it. With Unite Warriors, there was also that division though between the the you know quote unquote regular ones and then the couple that were Takara Tomi Mall as well, uh, where you had to kind of go through a middleman service. And so in this case, it's like if you're getting Takara Tomi Mall shipped ones of these, they're probably going to be expensive. But then Pulse is a domestic option. Therefore, that should ostensibly be the cheaper way to go. Right. Uh, so, I mean, the pricing part of this, I think, is the most complicated part of the conversation about these. Because I, I, w- I would say I think they look great. Uh, like, there's nothing sticking out on them going like, oh, I can't believe they screwed up my favorite Seacon like this. Like, they, they ramrodded these modes onto these little skeletons and I think made it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they picked the right colors. That's a bombastic palette. Like... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing these once they're out and uh, like, you know, worst case, I'll Mandarake them because I know they're coming out in Takara Tomi Mall and they're not the size of Unicron. So shipping them shouldn't be a nightmare if I end up doing that aftermarket. Um, but uh, that that also can bring us to we're on, we're on the second finale of Unicron. There's what four days left, three days left, technically, right? As of this recording, because we're at the very end of, Oct- of October yeah. 2nd. Uh, so they extended him. And and then they revealed uh, recently, like, hey, uh, there's a stand for the head. It's also a stand for the, the new minifigure that's coming with him, along with Galvatron. There's a, a Rodimus. There's also a little Autobot shuttle. Uh, and we put more joints in the hand. And then they, they did so, indeed, put more joints in the hand and still do not have any finger spread, which is making me bummed out. Um, and this thing, it's still not at 8,000 yet, as of right now, uh, this being... T- 10.41 p.m. Eastern on October 2nd. Uh, Unicron is at 6,979 out of 8,000. Uh, with four days, one hour, 21 minutes to go. I still think this is going to be... I think the moment that the deadline was extended, this was going to be funded one way or another by mm-hmm. the owners of the platform. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory to say that either. I don't want to get into that nonsense. Apparently, Unicron Discourse has been a friggin' uh, stinky fire it's it's a a thing there are some people that are taking this as a as a personal call to arms um i've had a few people send me messages on twitter be like hey why aren't you retweeting these things or you should retweet this and help get it backed and i i don't know what to say really yeah if it's gonna go it's gonna go if it's not it's not I think we said this, I think someone said this, like, back when this all started on this podcast, which is, like, don't make people feel bad for backing it, and don't friggin' try to force people to back a $450 American toy. Uh, it's, you know, be eager. 450 sorry, did I get that wrong? It says 574 Yeah, did. Yeah, 574 yeah. sorry. Why, I don't know why I had 450 in my head. Uh... I hope Unicron happens, uh, but yeah, like I, I kind of also steered clear of talking about it very much because I was like just catching a lot of whiffs of different flavors of stuff I don't want to get on my skin, uh, <laughs> if that makes any sense. But uh, I, I think it's cool they're showing stuff. There's also a digital comic bundle. Oh uh, boy! Wait a second, I've changed my attitude on the whole thing. Was a 
weird thing to add at the last minute. Also, I felt like the word digital was notably smaller in every single piece of copy about that whole thing. Because I, I didn't notice the word digital until yeah. I'd gotten kind of excited about, like, hey, fresh cover. That's really cool. Uh, art does look good. Also, Marcelo Matier's artwork for Unicron, they did a whole feature on the making of that, which is really cool. Um, there's a bunch of chins. They're swappable chins. Uh, they, they did the removable head thing. Like, you know, they're, they're doing well. There's, I, I, there's another part of this, which I think we should touch on briefly. Um, but that's, that's like, so, so the, the darker side quote-unquote, of this whole thing. Uh, but Aaron or TJ, like, have you guys had any other reactions to Unicron? Like, I feel like we just... It, it seemed to me like on Twitter, like, Aaron, obviously, you just mentioned, but it seemed like we were all kind of just eyeballing it and not really trying to get uh, knees-deep in that whole conversation. Yeah. That's pretty much where I live with it. Like, I hope it gets backed. I hope the people that have backed it enjoy their purchases. I won't begrudge somebody for liking it. I just, it's a pricey thing, and and I don't have the money or space for it at this time. And I'm, I hope people are happy with their purchases most times. <laughs> Except for the ones I don't like. Yeah. However, I don't like but it's a broken one. Those That's people know who they are. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, TJ, have you had any any um, thoughts on the, the kind of bonus period on Unicron? Was there anything that kind of caught your eye, or is it still noise? I mean, the bonus period so far has felt very much like, okay, what else can we do to it? What else can we throw in? What else can we just pay for that's not going to be terribly much? Mm-hmm. Just to make sure there's like a, a little bit more incentive to get people's orders in, like okay, we'll make you know, like an alternate chin, or we'll make because that Galvatron is very much a th- quick 3D print of the the newest Galvatron render they had. That Rodimus because it, it's it's mm-hmm. the Titans Return version. Yeah, that Rodimus is like <laughs> he even has the weird looking shoulders of the power of the yeah. Prime Rodimus. It's like. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Okay, like if this was like okay, seriously, if you planned this from the beginning, these would look G one, just straight up. Is this this would look accurate? Yeah, and it does not. Like you just had these CADs lying around, and you ran them through a three D printer. And you know what? That's that's good on them. That is proof that there. This is not like a conspiracy theory level thing. If we planned everything already, uh, mm. un- unless they did, in which case, boy, someone should get smacked on the back of the hand for that amount of effort uh I, I agree with you this looks very much like you know since everything exists in cad uh yeah just downsize put them onto a digital background add a shadow we'll figure it out later um yeah and yeah which is what which is why the comic is digital because that's much faster cheaper distribution than getting a printed version mm-hmm. you know it's 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 a lot of things it's a lot of things really going okay what else can we throw in to make it a little bit more worth that, that's not going to undercut us on the price. So it's a lot of little things, you know, like a, a stand for the severed head is not a gigantic deal. Yeah. yeah. Modifying the stand to add in the uh, the dock for the arc. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah. Put in two little divots for the figures to ostensibly, you know, squish into. Um, that's, that's, you know, 3D mathematics. Uh, the hand, I think, is also really kind of cool, because it's like, yeah, the hands, clearly, they mushroom peg in, so just keep working on the hand. And also, there's a precedent set of other companies making replacement hands for your toys already. So I think it's kind of funny they got in front of that, uh, mm-hmm. especially considering the other, the, the dark side part of this whole thing. Um, which I guess we could get to. Did y'all? So, 
I saw. I actually downloaded it while I was in Germany, while I was on Wi-Fi, because I, I didn't have time to stream anything. But that video of the Zeta Toys uh, Unicron uh, showing how it transforms, uh, I still want to watch that sometime. Looked like it, it had a very fascinating transformation. There's, there's something very DX9 movie toy about it. Uh, I don't think I, we ever talked about it on here. I, I, if I was going to give my quick little thought, it's like, that looks like a really neat toy uh, that I don't necessarily trust Zeta Toys to make to a degree that I would consider acceptable, given what I've seen of some of their other pieces. It seems like they're very hit or miss, and on something that that's that um, ambitious... I feel like that is more of a chance of a miss than a hit as far as the production level, but I, I would happily be wrong. Uh, that video got taken down, uh, citing copyright ownership on the part of Hasbro, that being that they were the ones who put in the notice to please have it taken down. Uh, Zeta Toys also has removed, as far as I last saw, a bunch of mention of that figure. Uh, they, they started their push for that figure when the original backer period was ending, uh, which meant that they were... I, I would guess I would guess inadvertently pushing a third party Unicron during the second backer period of the official one, with a lot of people online saying, "Oh, I might just cancel and go for that Zeta one." So that that assembles a very likely scenario of some kind of letter sent to somebody saying, "Like, hey, stop." Um, and that, that that led to some interesting conversations to watch from a three foot distance uh, on the internet, um, like. I think that Zeta thing looks cool. I hope it gets made. And I I feel like you got to you got to be a little like uh you got to have some awareness here of the reality of the situation. Like the IP owner does get to send threatening letters to people yeah, if they're using and, their and IP. It, it's And it's one of those things that it <laughs> seems like like so many other instances with third party is like oh, you know, Team X is doing headmasters. I'm going to do headmasters too to try and like get some of that energy, and and then you end up with you know across the course of 18 months or so, three different people do different takes on the same character. But that's never yeah. bumping up against Hasbro and their big effort, and it, it's probably one of those things. It was a case of like not to not to uh dane anybody or, or talk down to anybody else but you know all the other third parties kind of little yapping dogs around each other's feet and hasbro's just like eh, whatever but now you're like hasbro's doing oh we're the thing and somebody else goes comes along and goes yeah yeah me too and hasbro goes no you're not i think I here's think hasbro, our lawyers i think they wouldn't have said anything except for how this i i genuinely believe zeta toys you'd have to be kind of stupid to want to engage with hasbro's big crowdfunding push directly i genuinely believe zeta toys probably were like thinking ah you know we'll do this after it's over so it can't you know be seen as affecting their bottom line and you know then they bump the pre-order window yeah on on the backer thing uh so i I suspect that like that's that is the drive behind it i suspect that that unicron will be made by somebody because that tooling exists there's there's a prototype made there is a video detailing how it transforms someone will make it it may not be made very well but someone will make it uh mm-hmm. that's just what's going to happen um and uh if hasbro sends something saying please take this youtube video down or like you better not be selling that thing you're advertising you're going to sell that looks exactly like unicron uh that is hasbro's right because hasbro owns unicron like they literally own unicron uh i don't think it's hasbro cheerleading to assert the 100 percent fact that they own unicron like that's just the way it is <laughs> Uh, no, I think it's I think it's them trying to save 
the biggest project they've ever done for Transformers for any of their toy lines. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like you know, the the closest thing I've seen come to you know smacking into a big Hasbro product was like a bunch of companies made Omega Supremes before Hasbro did, except that that was a year or two before Hasbro's you know came out under siege. When they made Metroplex, you did not, if I recall correctly, have a third party company making their own Metroplex in direct pre order competition. Outside of like possibly Make Toys Utopia, but I feel like the timeline on that was still far enough off that yeah. it wasn't like budding right in. Yeah, I'd say like the only thing that was near was just what the um was that uh Iron Factory's first wave of like the turret and manacle? Yeah, well, those those were built to go on to But those it, were though. those like, were built to go in line with, not not replace. Replace, yeah. Yeah. Like nothing has been made to try to replace any Titan yeah. figures so far. I, I was just trying to think so. of anything else that ran alongside or up against it. Only third party Devastators and Predakings, but most of those fall under the realm of those things were coming out uh without trying to step on the Hasbro one. Yeah. You know, like it's like they or even they were before not out the to Has- replace it. Like some of them were even but like before Hasbro really yeah, like announced them, and then Hasbro said, "You know, hold on, we're going to do our take on it too." The only only reason I got nebulous with that is because there have been enough Devastators that at least one came out during the Combiner Wars era. I'm pretty sure, but I can't remember anymore which one. I think it was Toy World's Constructor. Um, but yeah, like the the whole Zeta thing. Like, I'm happy that I didn't feel the need to get too involved in talking about that because, like, there was some heated emotions going on, very justifiably. Uh, and, and yeah, <laughs> end of the day, you just gotta, you gotta, there are some things you just gotta be a little realistic about. One of them is if Hasbro sends a C and D type thing, not to say they did, but a C and D like thing, if it's not necessarily C and D for Transformers, like you're going to argue that they can't. Cause I mean, like Transformers is not a medium, unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. it is still owned. So, and I, and I, and I say that as someone who hopes the Zeta Unicron thing comes out, cause I think it looks really cool. Uh, very interesting transformation. Um, the, the the way that parts move around to that thing, I think, were fascinating. So I'd, I'd like to see that happen. And that brings us into our new, new news. Uh, right before New York Comic Con, IGN got the scoop. Right after we got some leaked uh, listings that I wasn't super interested in talking about because they're just names. They do line up with some of this stuff, though, as far as knowing what we're probably going to see in the morning. Um but we got the name, if I read this right anyway, this is how I parsed IGN's thing. The name of the second part of the current generations trilogy is Earthrise, where they get to Earth. Mm-hmm. I shrugged. Uh, Earthrise apparently is a word. Uh, someone on Twitter was telling me that is the scientific word for the rising of the Earth, if you were, say, on the moon or something like that. It's, yep. There's a word, Earthrise. Uh and uh, I think it sounds cool. It's 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 better than any kind of like rise of the or war of the or you know something of the. Uh, and we got to see a few figures from it. Uh, most importantly, Big Daddy is in Wave One as one of the MicroMasters, um, and he does not have elbows. I can't believe they did this to me. The world's biggest Big Daddy fan. They made him have brick arms. The line is ruined. Um, uh, I, I hope third party makes a Big Daddy with elbows, etc., etc. I think the copy has it as Daddy O. What? The images. Is it Daddy O and Trip Daddy O? Yep. M- yeah. Micromaster Autobot Daddy O and Trip Up. Okay, I was being very 
polite in that first assessment. Uh, uh, way, way to betray the true fan. Uh, you, you, you changed the name of the most iconic Transformer of the I 1990s. I wonder if Big Daddy butts up against a certain video game. <laughs> most iconic of the MicroMasters, and you do this to him. How... Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Daddy O. I think the, the alt mode does look pretty cool. They, they, they look fine. They're fine for those MicroMasters. Um, oh, yeah, or the Adam Sandler film. I forgot about that. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that can't possibly be on anyone's radar. I don't know. I try to forget most Adam Sandler movies, so, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like The Wedding Singer when I saw it on a plane, but that was a long time ago. Uh, and a kind of captive audience. Yes. This is when planes still had projectors, and it was actually the only thing you could watch. Uh, so I was literally a captive. Um, you guys have any thoughts on, on Big Daddy or Trip Up? Like, I think the, the car modes do look nice. Uh, they look like MicroMasters. Yeah. Which is yeah. what I think they're going for. Well, you know what else they're going for? Micromaster bases! Yeah! Ironworks is a person! Actually, Ironworks was the Micromaster. He's in the 10-pack. But Ironworks base from G1 Micromasters sands its big windmill is now whatever the weaponizers were. I saw that there's already a render forms or, or something that print is a of the windmill. Shape- or shapeways. shapeways piece trent troop designed uh go check it out trent troop does a lot of really good shapeways stuff i have a couple of his titans return faceplates. uh but yeah trent troop got a a 3d printable shapeways orderable windmill all ready to go for <laughs> for this guy more um, exciting to me than just i mean as part of ironworks here he has ramps that are universal connectors that line up with a bunch of the other ramps that have been made over the last couple of lines uh, on on every single city former basically yeah. and all mm-hmm. the power all the titans returns uh, leaders mm-hmm. have those ramps as well metroplex has mm-hmm. them formax has them mm-hmm. omega supreme has them you can mm-hmm. did you see now, I now saw... we can get a bunch of little ones to act as really good bridges rather than the weird cludging of jam this guy's butt into this other one's shoulder well, someone set up a city of, of of a whole bunch of those things on a pool table I saw floating around Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think uh, Toy Hacks had retweeted that from somewhere, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, this this is you can, if you're the very small demographic who can set that up, like you can set that up even more even more better now." Uh, I'm actually excited about the idea of putting a bunch of these little ones together because I, I had most of these MicroMaster bases. Um, and also, like Ironworks has a cool robot mode, and he's got yeah. a mono eye, and he's got he's got a hand sculpted in there. Uh, is that a mono eye, or just like a really? Sh- I think that's visor. a visor. Oh, it's a very yeah. It's just kind of a narrow face. It, it's yeah, it's a CGI visor. picture of a visor with some gleam on it. Yeah, and he's asymmetrical and stuff. And you know, I, grant he's a parts former, but still, it's, it's some cool stuff. It's a really cool way to continue the weaponizer idea without it being weaponizers i think and, and holy crap they, it finally integrates the micromasters we just had to wait a line i mean i guess omega supreme kind of does tj you got any any feelings on uh, ironworks how dare they make me care about the micromasters again i'm kind of mad i'm kind of mad i was i was having a real good time just like pooping all over micromasters because now <laughs> now it's like that's like the like the weaponizer is just like well maybe one a wave and it's like I'm looking at something like this going that's not enough 
It's, no. it's really not enough. I want an entire just like complex of these things. I want to connect dozens of these things together. Like if those listings are correct, right? And the deluxe price point's also getting like a cliff jumper and a wheel jack and a hoist. I'm kind of like, hey G1 boys, stop taking up room. <laughs> where's uh where's the, the, the aircraft carrier thing? Where's the red one what what, what turns into a tank that someone was Jesse Wittenreich was saying should they should do Spream? Which by the way, I'm not against, but that just should that should be initial Spream. That should be private Spream before he became a mega Spream. Um I'm excited about this. It seems like very fun. Uh, yeah. What I like about it is that because it's doing the weaponizer thing, mm-hmm. like you could like cludge together your own base made of these things with the weaponizer parts on as added weaponry and detail pieces. Like, yeah, you, you now have this entire like all like Mugenbine kind of thing going on with all these different chunks. Well, especially if Ironworks is is an example that will be followed where a deluxe base former comes with one or two ramps and one or two pieces that are just big ramp connectable like hunks. Mm-hmm. You could just start like smacking all those parts together and just make a make a base backdrop. You know, like mm-hmm. this is just a bunch of paneling uh, that is the surface. Um, see, Ironworks just swinging in, stealing the show here. Uh, that is our, our glimpse of deluxe. We also got to look at a Voyager. Voyager Grapple, not Solar Storm, not Grapple, it's just Grapple. Uh, he comes with that four-claw thingamadoo from that one episode. Um, and he looks like a very good Grapple. He looks kind of like how Siege and Earthrise Optimus were sort of stealing Masterpiece's lunch. This Grapple's kind of stealing Masterpiece Grapple's lunch, because he, he's going for a very similar thing and doing it pretty well, I think. Uh, like I can't necessarily see all the, the intricacies of the transformation at a glance, but like... It's, he's clearly doing the grapple transformation with a little bit of smoothing tech going on uh, to make those legs so slim and that torso so nice. And I'm uh, I'm I'm into it. He looks good. I kind of would like to get Inferno uh, out of that. Um, DJ, are you feeling about uh, grapple? I'm really happy to see him. Mm. I was one of those where uh, the universe toy they made was fine. It was fun, but it really didn't suit what i think of with inferno because he's kind of tall and he's kind of slender for like the bulky vehicle mode he turns into mm-hmm. and he like he's not just like because like that universe 2 toy was just like hunk yeah yeah like, he, he was just bulge so and then we got the retool of hotspot and uh yeah so like this is one of those toys where i'm like i'm really excited for the remold that's inevitably going to come out because I so want just like a standards Inferno that looks like Inferno. Like not to, not to take away from Grapple because he does look really good too. I like how like solid his vehicle mode looks. It's got the G1 kind of shapes to it without having the gap or these are obviously my robot arms back here. Yeah. Look going on to him. It looks like a hunk back there as opposed to two sticks. And that's really the important thing. Uh, I just noticed, I'm sorry, I was looking at the solicit. It mentions he has an airlock connector for the modular battle stations at some point on the truck mode crane. And I'm not sure what that means. I'm sure we'll get more about that tomorrow. But airlock. An A, well, specifically an AIR lock connection point on the truck mode crane. I'm betting that's what that connector is, because if you look at the next one we'll talk about, Prime, his... He's got one. His tailgate of his semi truck and the little shield thing 
has yeah. that same connector to it. As, well, as well, does that's, the that's, the, that's the part. Yeah, that's the same I'm, part. I'm betting that's yeah. the AIR lock. Okay. That's interesting if they're going to have a modular version of that ramp connector that they've been doing this whole time, because it's like, that is like three years of seeding that thing without really doing much with well, it. I mean, it's a case <laughs> of like the combat system is more just a matter of like, it's hey, pegs. we have five millimeter pegs and ports everywhere, and we've yeah. kind of normalized their location of where they should show up. Let's call it out. I mean, that's always the thing that I've I've quasi-complained about is when they put something into the toy, but don't call it out anywhere. It's fun to have little things that you find, but, oh, hey, it turns out if you take the shotgun from this Optimus Prime and you give it to this Megatron, it's what he had in the yeah. movie. But it's just odd to me that it, it comes... Well, not odd to me, really. It's just cool to me that it comes in tandem with having that that uh connector way more prevalent than just on a couple leaders and titans uh because yeah i mean unless we got any aaron do you have anything you want to throw in about grapple Nah, nothing nothing beyond what's been said i like that he i like the dimensions of this grapple better than the old universe one like tj yeah. said i he's got more towards the g1 cartoon looking dimensions um without going like totally bonkers to cartoon accuracy. Yeah. Well, they uh, they definitely they definitely that that is a swing at masterpiece. As is Earthrise leader Optimus Prime, who is an Earth truck '80s Optimus Prime who turns into an Optimus Prime and has a trailer with a blue stripe on it that has a battle station in it, and he can lie down in it. Uh, it has a ramp. Part of that ramp can come out as a shield. That piece that can come out also has an error, I assume, error lock or ramp connector thing on it. Uh, I think it's funny that it's a shield, because it's like, we're gonna carry on the tradition that began in 2018 of Optimus always having a shield. Uh, I guess one of the movies might have done it, too. But, uh, yeah, he looks good. Uh, he very much looks like he is built on the ideas of Siege Optimus. I thought he was a retool for a hot second, and then the more I looked at him, the more I saw how much he is not a retool. Uh, someone I was talking to on Twitter was like, he's got similar, from the knees down, he's got even similar panel lines to Siege Optimus, but mm -hmm. then again, this is all made in CAD, and that might just be a carryover piece in the 3D design that they held onto, because it's Optimus Prime. Uh, he does seem to transform very similarly, although TJ, you'd mentioned to me he calls out eight more transformation steps, uh, in his yeah, solicit. Yeah. Seven or eight, somewhere around there. Seven or eight, and, and... That, that, that to me would fill in well with what looks to be different on his, his torso and his backpack. But also, in Transformers instructions, transformation steps have really been, they, they kind of can mean whatever they want them to mean. Uh, like removing the ramp to put on his arm might be a step. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was actually wondering if the transformation steps might include the, the transforming the trailer. Yeah, open it, step one. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Lift the command center, step two. Uh, I think it looks good. I, I you know, it's. It's an Optimus Prime, but that Siege Optimus was an excellent Optimus Prime, and if this is anything like it, it's probably going to be an excellent Optimus Prime. Uh, the trailer seems boring as all hell. Uh, it's funny that we finally get that trailer in Generations. It, it certainly probably needed to happen at some point. I'm I'm glad we got it out of the way so it'll never happen again, because I'm tired of that trailer. But that's just me. Uh, otherwise, yeah, he seems he seems super fine. Um, TJ, you got any any uh, feelings on Optimus here? Earthrise Optimus? 
this is a frustrating reveal, and it's one of those things that makes me go, God, why doesn't Has like I really wish Hasbro would be a little bit more transparent about what they're planning to release in the future. Hmm. Like Siege Optimus is great. I love just looking over and like, oh yeah, that's just straight up Optimus Prime. There's no futzing with the design. There's no nothing like that. But you know, there are still things about that toy that kind of bug me. Like I'd rather have the the Earth vehicle mode because that's what I'm nostalgic for. <laughs> I'd yeah. rather not have the battle damage paint. And Siege Optimus also has very small, but they're still there, things on the forearms. Mm-hmm. Uh, which this one does not. Also, this puts a funny shadow next to that cell-shaded Siege Optimus. That's the thing. That's the thing. Here's your 35th anniversary cell-shaded Optimus Prime <laughs> release. It looks so good. And I'm super excited for that because, hey... Gives me the clean version of the toy I really like, and it looks really, really cool. And before it's even out, here I'm staring at an even nicer Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we cleaned it more and cleaned it uh, in its silhouette as well. There's no more hunks on the forearms. Uh, <laughs> he's got opening fingers on his hands now, mm-hmm. uh, like little things. And I'm kind of like, yeah, this is this is increment. Like this is also going off of precisely four photos of the toy so bear in mind that i'm not really anything we're asserting we could actually be quite wrong about but when you look at him there's a lot similar right down to that plate on the back that is a backpack that has some truck bits on it and yeah it definitely makes one go like i'm really feeling bad for that cell shaded optimus now because i'm like that toy's identity is going to become we want you to do this to that one like that's going to be the conversation around Soul Shaded 35th Anniversary Optimus, is when you're going to do that to Earthrise Optimus. Yeah. Uh, and, and I would like to see that on Earthrise Optimus, because that would be an excellent Devastation Optimus. But, uh... I mean, for a, for a fancy paint effect, I would... You know, it's essentially a variant, so I would rather pay 30 bucks for it, other than 50. Yeah. yeah, but... Same time, they might be capable of doing that. You know, they might. You know, this trailer might be a completely separate mold because that's you know that's how they like to release Prime sometimes. Yeah, and hopefully there will be a way to release this Prime as you know as a Voyager on his own. Although the finger joints make me think that he has leader price point bled into him to some degree. So I'm not sure how I'm not sure how feasible it is for them to release him on his own at literally a Voyager price point. It might be more of like a a special item kind of thing. Uh, and I was just also looking at him and noticing, like, he's, I feel like, across the board, these four releases they're previewing to us have very slightly less surface detailing than Siege, as kind of like a visual change. Like, are you guys seeing it at all? Like, like that Optimus feels slightly less greebly than Siege Optimus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I actually think is a really cool idea to make it clear that they're on Earth now, but uh, it's also going to probably mess with some mixed displays to some degree for uh, for some yeah. folks' tastes. Um, which I, I'm not sure there's actually a good answer to that conversation because it's like this is this this is a visual change that is telling part of the fictional story that goes with these guys, uh, and in that sense, I think it actually works a lot. But uh, if they make an Inferno out of that grapple and you put that Inferno next to Siege Red Alert, I think they might look. They're not going to look weird next to each other. You're just going to wonder what happened to Red Alert. Uh, but uh, I think this stuff looks exciting. You know, we're probably going to see some of this first wave maybe at the end of the year if it follows the usual pattern. Um, 
that Optimus does look very good. Uh, I'm glad that they're doing him now. I wonder if they'll figure out how to do another one. Uh, or if putting him at leader price point with a trailer is like, okay, we're going to keep the leader in leader price point, <laughs> And that's it. Um, do you guys think there's any way that we might see a second Optimus in this line if we're going to follow the pattern of the previous one? Because I'm wondering, like a, a Voyager, right? Like what else yeah. could they do? I don't know. Yeah. So I'm thinking that Earthrise might be... Well, no, because that Starcon I mean, Voyage showing up as impulse packaging, I, right? I wouldn't mind a Voyager attempt at a new G2 Optimus. That would be fun. Tanker Truck Optimus. Yeah, because we, we got the repaint of the Titan's Return. Yeah. But it'd be nice to have one that wasn't cobbled in with a jet mode. I was wondering if the Jetfire price point might be a place to put that Armada Optimus that we saw the truck cab of all that time ago. But I'm thinking that's probably going to end up like Star Convoy. That that would probably just be a Pulse exclusive. Um, but, you know, he might pop up. He might find a place in Earthrise. Uh, anyway, we'll know more about this uh, in a few hours, probably. Um, but I'm going to see if I can just edit this podcast tonight. Why not? Let's have fun. Um, do you guys think we might see anything else like at the Hasbro breakfast? Do you think they might? I mean, obviously, they're probably going to have hand-painted copies I of a couple of these figures. I bet they whatever but... the rest of each of the waves is. Yeah. Potentially. Or at least hints. At least yeah. hints. Uh, they might not show everything, because they're probably saving some for Toy Fair, but Wave 1, if it's out... Okay, Wave 1 is available uh, March 1st, 2020. Oh, March 1st. They might actually be waiting for Toy Fair for some of that info. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I expect that they're going to have that Optimus on hand. I expect they're going to like. I think Optimus and Iron Ironworks are going to be the ones that they probably will have there uh, to like show off in person. But uh, if they got more, they got more. Do you think? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. We've seen this this listing for these other names, uh, like Wheeljack and Cliffjumper, etc. Do you guys have any any thoughts on those? Like, is there anything about the the leaked names that you're 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 uh, itching to see. I kind of would like to see the next Voyager Seeker because it's going to be an Earth one. I'm, I'm kind of hoping they just make another six of them. <laughs> that would be a very fun or seven pattern or to eight, maintain. whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. We got that Earth uh, Star Scream. We got we got whatever hoist is. Mm-hmm. Whatever hoist is. I, I mean, I'm sure he'll just look like a masterpiece alike, but. You know, hoist is a little bit weird. They could do. Well, he's not really all that weird. Well, he's, well, the the well the the weird thing about doing a hoist is, you know, obviously you gotta you gotta remold it into Trailbreaker at some point, but you have to account for their different silhouettes. Yeah, yeah. This is the line that feels like it would do that, as opposed to our um, Neo Classics from 2013, where it's just like we IDW'd them up already, so it's okay to mm-hmm. sort of ride with it. Uh, yeah, like a trailbreaker but, who's got a, a height advantage would be interesting. Like, there's names on there that I am happy to see. I'm really happy to see Cliff Jumper because I'll, yeah, I, I am so sick of Cliff Jumpers that are just Bumblebee repaints or remolds. Like, has has it actually been 2006? Was the last time Cliff Jumper had his own Generations toy? Okay, well, okay, well, oh no, well, that was a Bumblebee. The yeah, the, yeah, that was a Bumblebee. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And people disagree with me because they point out the, the GDO. 
like the prime cliff jumper oh, that had a G1 cliff jumper head. <sighs> that doesn't count because that's not G1 cliff jumper. No, that was prime cliff it's jumper. Yeah, I agree just with you. It's just a weird head on a not G1 body. Cliff Jumpers never had a new toy. Yeah. He had his original G1, and then it's been Bumblebee repaints and remolds ever since. Yeah. Man, I hope he does not look anything like Bumblebee. That is my No, opinion, I, no my I want him to have the squared off vehicle mode. Yeah. I want him to have like the, the hard lines on him. I want him to look like, oh, they can't make him into Bumblebee. So when Bumblebee does get made, it'll be impressive. Yeah. But but also, yeah, like, I, yeah, don't make, yeah, make him, let Cliffjumper be himself. It is kind of cool. Cliffjumper, Hoist, and Grapple are in Wave 1. Like, those are kind of three repaint guys in the history of this line to a degree, right? Like, Grapple's always been Inferno, Hoist has always been Trailbreaker. So they get to lead the charge here. Um... We'll find out more uh, once this stuff comes out. Uh, anything else about Earthrise you guys want to chatter about? There's also the whole thing of the collectible. Uh, when you buy the figures, you get pieces of the Transformers universe map, which I'm just going to assume is going to be like with Cybertron in 06, where it's like, here's a piece of paper with a quarter of an artwork on it. Yeah. Maybe, that's fine. maybe codes to go into something online. I'm I'm a they little did, worried because if it's if it's a nice big piece of paper that's been cut up like into big nice hunks, those are going to get balled up in the bottom of a bunch of toy blisters. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm hoping. Well, I'm hoping it's like the trading cards they were packing in for a while. Mm, oh, okay. You know, like yeah. the times were done, like just nice hard piece of cardboard. Yeah. Uh, and then you obviously more than four pieces to make a map. I think I did see something about there being uh like uh. Like the the red code effect. Oh, like with the with the um deco- oh yeah, red decoder to like unlock decoder, the maps in yeah. paths. Yeah. So they're gonna have some of that mushy looking stuff printed on the map, it sounds like. Um I'm curious, they say collect other Earthrise figures to piece together the full map. That can't possibly be everyone comes with a unique piece. Like Oh, I hope that- not. There'll be some oddball Oh, you didn't get the Two hundred dollar Scorpionock figure. Well, <laughs> that had the <laughs> that had the middle of the inch. map that makes it makes it make sense. Yeah, it's the two inch by two inch center of the map that had the legend on it for that explains what all the symbols mean. Uh, that's kind of cool. I wonder if anyone's going to come with the with the okay a red decoder. Oh, every pack includes a piece of the map and a red decoder, so all the figures are going to come with red decoders. Oh, okay. I see now. Micromasters have a piece of the map. Deluxe Up come with a red decoder as well, so Micromasters won't have a red decoder. I wonder if that's a limitation of the size of the Micromaster packaging at play. Interesting. Oh, I bet you the breakfast they're going to hand red decoders to everyone and go, like, put these on to see what the prices are. Or something like that. They'll do, they'll do sounds, seems like they'll do something like that. They'll do something with the red decoders at New York Comic Con. I bet you. That's my one penny bet the night before uh anything else that i missed in here there's a whole bunch of stuff in the solicit text all of a sudden what the hell <laughs> the only thing that comes to mind is if there's going to be any kind of cybertronian bleed over yeah because, because they were te- they were teasing us about uh getting wheeljack as a van as that hover van from the first episode yeah and then we never got that Hmm. Maybe he's 
<laughs> Maybe he he that is his alt mode in Earthrise, and the story of the figure is he just got here. He did not get a chance to scan anything yet. This is his alt mode. Man, what if the wheeljack design is modular enough that they could just reshell it into an Earth car using the same skeleton? That'd be kind of kind of cool too. That'd be really weird. Like I, I like the idea of doing. This is almost a different line, but I like the idea of, like, if you were to take Siege figures and somehow, I mean, especially Siege figures, they're so earthy already, but, like, Transformers figures where their Cybertronian mode and their Earth mode are are achievable retools of each other. I think that'd be really neat. Like, that, that Earthrise Optimus, to some degree, looks like that, at least, even if he's not necessarily a retool. Um, he actually specifies he stands seven inches tall in robot mode. How tall is Siege Optimus? He's in the they other room. Advertise, they advertise seven inches. Okay, okay. Okay. For some reason, I was like, wait, was he six? Is this, did they upscale it? Yeah, uh, I thought the same thing. I, I had to go back and check. Okay, it's not just me. I feel way better now. That's why I was doing the dummy voice, because I was like, well, I was a dummy, so I'll make fun of myself. Uh, dummy voice is, re- is reneged. That is a smart person assertion to make. A clever one, even. Uh, Optimus has yellow eyes. How do you guys feel about that? I think it's okay, but I, I feel weird about it, too. It is. It's what it is. Seems like it's a blue eyes kind of Optimus figure yeah. to me. Uh, Repper labels a lot of fun with that. Um, it's, it's really tiny labels to do, but I wonder if they'll try. Uh, so that's that's Earthrise, I think. Uh, so just to, to kind of close things off here a little bit... Um, would you guys like to talk about off-topic stuff, or shall I go dig us up one listener question? I don't want to keep us too long, because Aaron has to go back in time. Yeah. Uh, well, I have soon. to work ten hours and then go back in time. Well, that's how you get back in time, right? you so, got to put the work in. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't have anything really off-topic, so a listener question would be my vote. All right. DJ, you all right with that, since Aaron missed out on our little pile of them last time? I mean, I've got a couple off-topic things, but, you know... I don't want Aaron to feel left out or anything. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> it's all about you, Aaron. Uh, oh, this question has multiple questions in it. I'll just do this one. Uh, so this this comes from Sosuke Sagara, uh, Star-Lord Sue. Oh, sorry, I just saw it in the front of the question. I'm just going to quickly copy this so I don't forget to put it into the topic list. But uh, Star-Lord Sue uh, has a couple questions for us. Um... Brought to us by the letter C. Uh, Star Wars 2 is currently back on episode 384 as of mid-July. I wonder if uh, progress has been made since then. Anyway, question one. Conventions. Uh, writing this as of when, uh, as of the Wednesday after TFCon Metricon weekend. There's been a lot of talk about pre-convention buildup. This is a question about post-conventions. Obviously, post-con uh, lurgy is a real thing due to the high number of people in the confined space, uh, which means someone's going to be ill and pass it around. That's just inevitable. However, have you or the podcast crew ever suffered from post-con depression? That feeling of ennui or general ugh-ness after a convention's over? And if you have, what are your coping strategies? How does it manifest? And if you've avoided it, why do you think you've avoided it? Have any of us actually avoided post-con depression because i don't think that's avoidable i i have had less post-con depression before yeah but i don't think i've never like been done with the convention and been like you know what i'm glad that's over yeah you can't just get home on the monday or tuesday just wipe your hands go well off to work big smile Mm -hmm. on your face like okay (laughs) 
I have been to a con where I was like, thank God I'm back home. Well, that yeah. was that was that one, though. That was the, the one that was not to be spoken of or whatever, right? Like, that yeah. was a disaster con. We're talking about, like, a nice, normal, uh, it was a fun weekend kind of convention. Because, yeah, I mean, if you went to, like, the ball pit convention or something like that, and you're like, no, I'm glad I didn't <laughs> catch, like, a deathly disease out of the, the, the plastic or whatever. Like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But uh, we're taking, we're taking as granted this is coming off a good convention. Um. Because I, I feel like it's pretty universal, even folks who say they don't, they haven't got it. Like that, you don't, you can't leave a fun thing without feeling kind of like, oh man, it's done. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially a con where like everything around you is your thing. Yeah, mm. and you and you're ostensibly meeting with at least you know a couple people or meeting a couple people there for the first time who are genuine, real humans who made the experience more fun for you, uh, who are yeah. likely not local to your area and thus not you know gone after the convention's done. Uh, I think social media actually helps a lot. It it has a double-edged sword of everyone going on there to say how sad they are the convention is over, but there's a sort of a camaraderie in that, I think. Uh, and to me, the uh, to me anyway, a coping mechanism is going on, on social media and on message boards after a convention and just talking to everyone you just saw in person about how much fun you had. Like, that's kind of a way to have a cool-down, I found. Uh, yeah, I kind of have the same thing, where I've got so many friends at MetroCon, and a lot of them are on staff, so I don't get to talk to some of them all the time. But, you know, getting to come home and talk to them online and such, it's like, I'm, I'm still having, like, my year's experience with the person, even if it's far away. So it's kind of like, I, I it's, 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 it's kind of a way of just, like, slowly coming off the con. Yeah. Uh, just, just, just like, oh, well, I'm just back in the real world now. Yeah, it's like you're you still have um you still your brain is still having conversations with other people via text about what just happened. Or if it's someone that you only saw for a minute or two at the convention and then afterwards you're like, So what did you even do there? I barely saw you and they tell you their stories, you tell them your stories, it's like that's almost a way to re like telling con stories to people who were there but not there for some of the stories is a way to prolong the convention fun to me. Cause it's like I'm I'm hearing about other stuff that happened and I'm telling people about stuff that they didn't see. It's that's another one for me, anyway. Um, Aaron, do you have any any anything you do when you get back from a convention, like just to you know to get to get around the genuine, genuine, the general? <laughs> You're making uh, up words left and right. I was I was mashing general and NUE together in my head. The genuine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I try and like maintain contact with the people that was good at the convention to maybe flatten that curve out a little bit. Um, so it's not just like, oh, all of these friends, I just won't interact with them for months. Um, and like putting things back in order, getting things back to a normal life as part of the, the return to normal life, um, is, is, I, I think helps me just to also do a good job of, to a certain extent, separating the con life from the normal life so that it's yeah. not like, Oh, I could have spent another day in Toronto and done whatever. It's like, no, that's, that's the fun time. And then now's the, the serious time that lets me get to have that fun time later. A slight parallel from that too. And this one's not going to be for everyone, but for some folks, like for myself, there are some things I literally cannot do at a convention that I then kind of make myself look forward to doing when I get home. Uh, one of those is literally lying in my own bed. 
Uh, one other mm-hmm. one that's maybe a little bit less generic is like getting to unpack and actually look at some of the stuff I picked up for more than five minutes. Um, or, uh, or, you know, things I can't do at a convention I can do at home, which are maybe just work, but work I enjoy, like, you know, doing some fresh editing work or, uh, figuring out like a new project or something like that, like, or, or, or cleaning the kitchen even like I, I can't do dishes at the convention. I can do dishes when I get home and I kind of take a little bit of solace of like, this is my private thing. Cleaning this pot, this, this pan is my, my private thing I can do now. Um, I think for me, like you, you mentioned getting back to like, yeah, you, uh, like you're filming and editing and whatever. But like for me, like what I get when I get home from MetroCon, it's like I have a lot of footage from the convention. Oh, yeah. And because I'm because I'm recording all these because one, it lets me re-experience the things that were so cool that weekend. But also I get to pay a lot closer attention because I'm not staring at a viewfinder. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, or um, if you have any footage of the convention, in my case, sometimes it's like I get to actually like notice what else was going on in the room. If it's like, for instance, a panel that we might have been putting on and I, I get to actually see like what the rest of the table looked like or or how the room sounded like. Yeah. Um, if you take footage of a convention, you get to to process and organize that footage. And that's like. That's, again, another, another cooldown thing. I, th- I think a lot of it's just about cooldowns, about not having the convention just hard stop for you, but, like, uh, I think, Aaron, were you the one who said, like, the downslope kind of thing? Yeah. Like, yeah, thinking of it as a curve. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that helps a lot, because, uh, yeah, absolutely. Post-con depression is incredibly common, and it's because you're going from often a place of great love and enthusiasm back to normal life, and for some folks, normal life is very devoid of some of that stuff. Uh, yeah, and it's, uh, it's justifiable. It's, to- it's a big transition point, depending, I mean, even without saying, like, normal life is pain and con life is the best. Um, That's a t-shirt I'm selling, by the way. But oh. it, it's definitely something that, like, you know, you've got a big bump in in how things are acting, like, ha- having a way to to, tr- to taper some of that off is not a bad thing. Yeah. And, like, I'm not going to go this far into this tangent, but I feel like that can also apply to a lot of non-convention things in life, mm-hmm. too, where, like, you know, just large upsets of the norm, for better or for worse, uh, and figuring out how to turn those transitionary points into curves rather than, you know, peaks and and plummets. Uh, it's, it's just a way to, to avoid that kind of general emotional whiplash effect. Uh uh, this is very broad term stuff, of course. This is not like any kind of solution thing. Like everyone's going to have their own um, curvature they have to find as well. Uh, so hopefully that answered that question. Number two is about crowdfunding. This question's about uh, as of this writing, the newly announced <laughs> Unicron campaign. Uh, this is a nice bookender here. Um, Starlord Two says I have zero problem with the price as to that size and weight. It would be comparable with a Hot Toys Hulkbuster, and that is a capital S statement piece already. But add in transformation, and that price seems right. My question is about the logistics of it. Do you think the logistics are a bit off, and Hasbro are shooting themselves in the foot? Uh, this is an easy answer because it's like yes, because <laughs> uh, listed off in bullet points here. Announcing it and immediately opening up a month and a half window, having that window fall right in convention season, having it be U.S. and Canada only when they started it off. Um, the whole U.S. bias between this and the TCG Omnibots would be a question for another day. The looming $450 MP44. Uh, all of those bullet points are completely correct, and Hasbro very correctly uh, bumped that window to run until October 6th, because they, they, 
It was bad planning. Specifically, MP44 was poor planning because that is their own uh, joint figure mm. that occupies that exact same kind of slot. Um, so this question is not just that. It says, for the super whales, Krakens, dropping 1K in a month is probably no big deal. But for us normal fans, it seems like a lot. and feels like we're being asked, what do you love more, Optimus or Unicron? Yes, absolutely. I agree with this. Um, or Rent. Though, yeah, well, yeah, that's like and number three, three right? <laughs> number uh-huh. four. Uh, Starlight 2 also says, if the crowdfunding fails due to the actions of a Matrix Bearer, that would be highly appropriate and on-brand, uh, and I agree. Uh, so it's like, would it not have been better to say, hey, check this check this out, campaign opens X date, uh, get the hype going, give people time to repair? Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, the part, I never thought about it until, until just now, but like, yeah, th- this thing had no real lead-up. It was just like, hey, everyone, Unicron, now! And it's like, yeah, <laughs> a lot of Kickstarters that have an, an already existing audience, you know, Four Horsemen Kickstarters, uh, um, Heroes of the Grid, uh, Boss Fight Studios Horse Kickstarter. They were talking about it a lot before it happened, so that you kind of knew when it was coming. Um, and then uh, this other thing is a crazy conspiracy. Is this an effort by Tony Hasbro to show up Joe Takara and tank MP44 sales in the opening blow of some kind of toy Cold War? Um, and also, there's a PS. Last question about imposters for yourselves is more referencing the guy who claimed to be the editor of TFW who got paid in Common Rider toys. Uh, PPS, assaulting someone uh, would be doing conventions wrong, but how about losing at Transformers CCG and flipping a table on someone? Is that okay? Uh, PPPS, after answering my question about whether I should go to TF Nation last time, I was real taken by your passion of your answers, so it's definitely giving me the push. So, TF Nation 2020, I will be attending. Thanks for the entertainment, as always. Rider, click. Darlord, see this. Excellent. I hope you have a good time at TF Nation 2020 and that you can make it properly. Aaron, quick one here. Is it assault? at a convention if you throw a table at someone but it was over the tcg yes it's still assault um might be justifiable depending on what sort of deck they're playing and you really shouldn't throw it at the like is flipping a table throwing it at someone because if if you say throwing a a table at someone i'm imagining picking it up and 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 putting oomph on it but like a a like a proper table flip, the table doesn't actually move forward. Right, right, right. It, just, like it, it is... might hit their legs if they're tucked way underneath it. Let me say, quote, flipping a table on someone. To me, that is the that is the gray zone between flipping a table and throwing a table if the flip makes it land on someone. Because it had to go forward then, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Like you can't just flip like, a table over in place and like oh and also I grabbed you and threw you under it. Well, like like if air. you pulled like, the table as you flipped, you could like it, get make some it flip in get place. some torque and get it like to flip into you more. So flip then it that's on yourself. Se- then that's then that's self harm, and that's an entirely different discussion. I lost this game and I'm so mad. I'm gonna flip the table on myself. <laughs> This is confused opponent on the other chair. Like, I don't know why they did that, but can someone call an ambulance? <laughs> I heard something break when this... there's blood. There's a growing pool of blood coming out from under that table. Uh... <laughs> anyway, yeah, this question is, is, is an interesting one. Like, it, it's, this is very much like a different question now on October 2nd, the end of October 2nd. But yeah, I mean, like, the, this crowdfunding for Unicron, I think, was a completely fine idea that I very much agree with anyone who says it was not launched very well, because I, I, I would say it was not launched very well. It uh, did not seem to be aware of MP44, 
who is not just Japanese exclusive. There are pre-orders for MP44 at EB Games in Canada. So it's like, this is not just a, uh, a, a Japan versus the rest of the world thing. Like, that was a very big lack of, um, of foresight. Foresight, mm-hmm. I mean, foresight's not the right word. Something was missing in a chain of communication. And, and if, if it was there, then someone, I think, made the wrong decision. Uh, and yeah, I, I think it is weird to, to just launch Unicron day one being also the reveal. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, I, I think, I don't know, what do you guys think a good, a better Unicron launch would have been? Like, I, I definitely think it would have been, we're revealing that we're working on this. There will be a crowd fund. Stay tuned for more info this fall. I think would have been an excellent announcement in the summer. Yeah, I th- I think that having some like lead up to it uh, would have helped. Um, yeah, go. You know, seeing things like hey. You know, here's what it is. Show the, you know, and there's plenty of ways that you could do it of like, oh, something big is coming and show the hand. They like, show-, sh- show the hand, or even like, hey, show just that Unicron, like, face on profile. Yeah. Something big is coming. You can have people go, oh, 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 it's Unicron. Oh, but what is it? And then a little while later, you can say, oh, it's going to be, you know, and start doling out that information to get a little bit of hype going for it. And then say, okay, when you have the renders or whatever, and say, this is what we're doing on Hasbro Pulse as a, you know, as a build to order type thing and go from there. I mean, all they had to do because it's it's no longer brand new is a big a big mug shot of Unicron with the Has Labs logo yeah. on the bottom right, and you'd be like, "We that is it's Jabba's car, but for Transformers, it's crowdfunding Unicron. We we understand. Like that's all you need. Yeah, and you you launch that with like Fall 2019 on the bottom, and mm-hmm. it's like we that's you know precisely what's about to happen. You know, uh. I'm sure there are logistics for why it had to start in August that we will never know that have to do with toy industry. But like, yeah, that, that lack of lead up, I think also it just, it made the whole campaign have this oddly adversarial tone to talking about it, no matter how you felt about it. Mm-hmm. Cause everyone, everyone was stressed cause there was suddenly a deadline to spend money. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anything else, like, uh, any, anything else about that campaign you guys would have done differently? TJ, would you have just, made it Armada Unicron and been like, no, screw all of you. <laughs> yes. A reissue of Armada Unicron. <laughs> Crowdfunded reissue. Crowdfunded reissue. No, I, I would pretty much echo every other sentiment. It was poorly timed. It wasn't really built up very well. There, There's a lot of missteps. Like, I'm not sure what else I would have done differently other than, you know, everything that has been said, which is a lot. Like I'll throw this in here, maybe whoever's listening, if anyone's listening who's pertinent may have already hung up, but like, there were good things done once the campaign started. Mm-hmm. It's just that the way it started wildly overshadowed the entire campaign for at least the first two weeks. Then the third week was fun, then the fourth week was, oh wait, there's there are not enough backers, nowhere near enough backers right now. Uh, the, the, the campaign was a constant conversation about the lack of time and lack of money. Um... And I feel like that kind of polluted any of the 
little video pieces that were being put together and released to promote it. It was just like, no matter what they said, it's like, yeah, but also, how, when, when is this happening? What about MP44? And I'm only hung up on MP44 because it is so close in price point and it is official. It is an official toy. And it's like the people who are going to buy a Unicron are the kind of people who are going to buy an MP44. So, uh, that's all moot now. Like we'll know in a couple days how this goes. I, I would bet legitimate money that Unicron is funded because what is it? October 6th. That is Sunday. Like, what are they going to do at New York Comic Con on the go out, go out on Sunday and go like, Hey everyone, we failed. No, actually you all failed. Anyway, good night. John Warden just like knocks their cabinet over and leaves. Like, is that? <laughs> yeah, just he's got the mic in hand and just drops it. Just, yeah. Now you failed could... me. I thought we could rely on you. That weird Canadian yelled at me about Omega Supreme for precisely 180 seconds. Yeah, and... until he says we were going to do Omega Supreme next, and you're just like, fuck. <laughs> uh, so I mean. Uh, I said, Hold I, on! I said, if I sell everything I own, I can I can put four more down. I can come on, come on, man. I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm trying to not repeat myself, but like, I don't think it's it enters into the kind of crazier conspiracy theory stuff I saw to say it's probably planned that Unicron succeeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost wonder if it will be a reverse thing. And just to today, yeah. <laughs> Like on on the sixth when they they pick up the microphone, they, yeah, they don't they don't have a booth at, at New York Comic Con though, right? Like classically, they. I think usually... most of their stuff's like offsite, but yeah, I couldn't tell you for sure. I've yeah, never I been. Remember. I stopped going because it got too crowded. Uh, anyway, thank you for the questions, uh, Star Lord Sue. Um, those are some old questions, as some of you may have ascertained. But uh, hey, we're still we're, st- we're still working on it. We're still uh, doing our catch up. Um, we're we're happily in the middle of summer now for listener questions. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's an episode. Uh, unless we like Aaron, uh, I don't know if you just want to want to get going or do you want to hang around and do a little bit of off topic talk. Uh, I want to get to bed so that I can get up in like six hours and yeah. You, Good work you, a bunch. You go go export me my audios so I can start slapping stuff together and get yourself some rest. We we have to stop talking first so that that can happen. Well, you 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 just you just you can stop talking. Yeah, and I don't then, trust you. No, it'll be fine. I just want to tell uh-huh. TJ about the gliosis I got. Okay, that's all. Well, I'll 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 dip out then. You. uh... You gentlemen have a good time, all you listeners. I'm sorry for the Glios talk that's upcoming. <laughs> um, you'll make it through it. I believe in you. Now, someone's going to say, hey, Aaron, can you say that about the TCG talk? And then no. Gonna be, yeah, no, yeah. back off. <laughs> TCG talk is sacred. <laughs> you watch your mouth, son. Yo, did you see Barricade? Yeah. That friggin' he can, he's like adding a soft green pip mechanic to no pip cards. Like, that's friggin' yeah. cool. Yeah, I got I got deck ideas. Anyway, yeah, I'll let you go. Uh, okay. Have a good night. Send me the audio. Take and, care. Uh, yeah. Have a good time in the, in, in the 1700s. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah.
All right, this is close enough, so I'm just going to pop back in and tell you some of our thoughts on today's, October 3rd's, uh, reveals at New York Comic Con. There was more Earthrise, there was Cyberverse, uh, there was TCG stuff. The TCG stuff, let me just grab my phone here. I got a text from Aaron, uh, which I'll just paraphrase to you. He uh, he said, third faction and an SRT, huh? And uh, yeah, that Merc faction uh, seems pretty exciting. As for the actual toy stuff, uh, Earthrise, the cliff jumper looks okay. His legs are a little bit twiggy. Uh, but it looks all right. The Starscream is like fine. It's I, I was actually in, when I woke up and I saw a lot of chatter about Starscream. People saying, "Oh, it's just an upscale classics." I was like, "Well, Starscream looks like Starscream. How do you know it's upscale classics?" Then we saw some better photos of him in person from the show floor, and it's like, oh, he even transforms like the classics. Okay, I kind of see where you're coming from. There is no waist swivel, and I don't think the classics design can have one easily, so I understand why there isn't one. It just makes me wish that maybe a more imaginative transformation had taken place. Classics transformation's fine. I'm not going to say that there's like a million other ways to make a plane turn into a Starscream, but... It has a very 06 look in a little ways for the worse, in my opinion. Uh, anyway, before I continue about my own thoughts, TJ has some here off of Twitter, off of his Twitter account, Thoughts on Earthrise Reveals, colon. Cliffjumper's long overdue for his own mold. Glad it can't be mistaken for a Bumblebee. I agree with that, although I can see how you could Bumblebee it up into an 06 Classics Bumblebee with the big backpack. Hoist, or quote, TJ says, Hoist makes me eager for Trailbreaker if, uh, if they give him the remolds for a cleaner robot mode. Yeah, I think Hoist looks okay. Uh, Hoist is like kind of just there. Uh, they got a very good robot mode on him, which, like, even uh, Masterpiece-styled hoists had a lot of trouble doing, and that's cool, and he's got that base mode ramp in the back. Uh, TJ says, new Optimus seriously kills my interest in 35th Optimus, but we talked about that already. Uh, what else is there? There's the, the Battle Master who turns into a shield, which basically is he turns into a ramp. Our true buildable ramp. I'm into it. Kind of. We'll talk more about this some other episode, but this is hot takes, yo. Uh, uh, TJ says, OMG, Scorponok incoming. Yeah, they have that deluxe size Zarak, so it's like a headmaster onto a Zarak who turns into a Scorponok head. Solves the Scorponok head shape problem with headmasters. I wonder if Zarak has his own mode. We won't see him for a long time, so I'll probably forget about him fairly shortly uh, until Toy Fair. Cyberverse toys look as good as they should have been to begin with, says TJ. Also, BAF McAdam, says TJ. Yeah, the Cyberverse uh, Deluxe, it sounds like there'll be eight of them, because uh, you have to collect eight to put McAdam together. Uh, I just was going off about that show on this episode. It's if, if I haven't already, then spoiler alert, I will. That's very exciting that Cyberverse is getting, like, some real nice-looking toys. And, uh... I think that's about it for the new Earth Risings. I, the only thing I got from Aaron was that thing about the TCG stuff, and, like, you know, we, we talk about the TCG here sometimes. Those mercenary cards are very exciting, and the character selection is inspired uh, with Detritus in there uh, and, and uh, Cyber, Cybertron Mudflap in there. Like, those are the two niche ones, but I'm excited about the, the TCG. Those cards are going to be out in a month, so honestly, all due respect to Earthrise, TCG is exciting me a lot more. All due respect to Earthrise... I had written off that we might get nice Cyberverse toys, so that's kind of exciting me more. Earthrise is doing a bunch of expected stuff. Oh, there's also a Wheeljack. Does not turn into the van. He is a car. He, I, I think he looks fine. I've seen some chatter about him being a little kibbly or kind of funny looking, and he is kind of funny looking, but also he has that certain type of funny looking that I feel like is going to turn out fine in hand. Uh, I think that using the spoiler uh, to fake his wings is a clever thing to do on a deluxe. He's got a very big back plank, and I think that's probably throwing a lot of stuff off along with all the underlimb car panelage, but uh, once you get him to a nice pose, I suspect he's going to end up looking okay. 
Anyway, I think that's everything. I wanted to throw some hot takes in here since I'm putting this out basically on the same day. Uh, now we're going to go back to that uh, off-topic of what we got this week. I got back into Glyos, spoiler alert. Well, not back into Glyos, I just haven't bought it for a while because I have too much. They put out something that made me buy some, and I'm going to talk about that very shortly. Why am I telling you this now? I don't know, because I'm recording this in front of the computer doing the editor. Th- Rest of the podcast. Cheers. All right, TJ. Yeah. Off topic of what we got, this is a very specific thing I want to talk to you about, because I haven't ordered Glyos in a while. And uh, yeah. that last wave, I saw three new armor vores, and I saw very pretty purples, and I had a moment of weakness. Um, What'd you do? So I bought one of each armor vore. <laughs> uh, and I bought... I actually never had Phaos, so I got my first Phaos as well. Uh, and uh, the, it's the Phaos in the purple, and Phaos in the purpley gradient into pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got some axis joints and, and swing joints and uh, hub sets just to have stuff to mess around with if I want to, but I don't know if I'm really gonna. Uh, but I just wanted to have them there. Um, I also grabbed the the two travelers because I was already like dealing with the Canadian flat rate that uh, anyone selling indie toys has to deal with. So I was like, I might as well fill the box up to some degree when I do this. Um, and then I uh, got a freebie Glyan, which was really nice. Um, oh, nice. So the Glyon, Glyon has some uh, some cool uh, head paint apps, but yeah, those armorvores, like okay, the the bionic eye cat, you know, this looks cool. It's a very it's it's a new head, basic, but it looks cool. Uh, mm-hmm. The dragon is is it's a cool head, but he's very much dominated by those new wing pieces, which hug a little closer to the torso, or specifically the shoulders, than I might have liked. Like I'm I'm kind of uh, glad I, I didn't go for like extra wings. They are from Battle Tribes, so it's a. It's not the smoothest fit. I did they not know this was readily, the <laughs> Yeah, they are readily okay. available wings. Okay, I didn't know this was the Battle Tribe's wings. Um, those, that's actually a decent fit, then, given how bulky the armor for is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, the star of that whole package... Nothing against... Okay, Phaos is pretty darn cool. Phaos, though, is very much a bigger mutated traveler in every degree. So, like, there's nothing really shocking about it engineering-wise. It is really cool to, to have this, like... Uh, uh, real, real head homaging sculpt though. Like I like a lot about it, and I want to put I want to put axis joints all over it because it's all mutated and stuff. Uh-huh. That barracuda sea monster fishman thing with the actual working jaw. <laughs> that head is so stuffed with character, and the, the mechanical sculpting inside the mouth. Uh, the way that the shape of that head and the way he's kind of always looking up a bit changes the implied silhouette of the armorvore. That figure is awesome. Uh, I love that little figure. Uh, I, I I like the armorvore. I did not know how much more I like the armorvore as a deranged, angry fish man. <laughs> when they showed those photos for the first time, I was all about that dragon head. Yeah, because you know that goes kind of goes back to the the battle beast homaging really directly. And that the the piranha head, I guess, just something about it wasn't doing it for me. Yeah, but like in hand, seeing the seeing the shapes and seeing how it works, and yes, the jaw and all that. It is. It is. It is nice. It is really nice. Yeah, nothing against the dragon head. It's just the dragon head, especially with the wings. It's just it, much like the bionic eye cat head, the uh, the third new one. Like those, just feel mm-hmm. like yeah, it's battle beasts. It's very these fit the body very well. They're very good sculpts. But that that piranha barracuda angry man, like there's something alive to that sculpt. Uh, and I think they're all Jason Fraley sculpts, if I understood correctly. Um, yeah, yeah. So. 
Yeah, like, like I mean, obviously, Jason Fraley did great, has done great work and did great work on these, but the work on that on that Piranha Head was, like, another level up, in my opinion. Like, that was really good stuff. Uh, yeah, according according to the thank you post, that was all him. Man. Like, they did, yeah, they did, they, like, him and Matt did up the designs for the Piranha Head, and it was him that figured out, oh, if we did this, we can give it a working jaw. Yeah, that's, uh just, it's not even the, the working jaw is is a touch that really tickles me because typically Glyo's stuff does not have room uh, in the way they do things to fit in articulation that's not using Glyo's pegs. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's that's already cool. It's the fact that there is sculpting on the inside, like the, the, you know taking that Glyo's approach of sculpting everywhere to that extra level. Uh, yeah. It's just, it, it's awesome. It's a fantastic little set of figures. I don't know if I'm going to like, I'm, I'm going to try, I'm, I, I just don't have the room to do every drop anymore. Um, I have too much Glyos and I, have, I don't know how I'll ever get it sorted. So that's why I've been kind of holding back. But things like this that are also involving a really nice purple, you know, like that's just going to hit me. Uh, so I, I did that drop. Um, did you do that drop at all? Did you? You you literally hit like on the Sarvos I built out of that drop. I did. I just don't know how how else to transition the conversation into uh, your feelings on it. Okay. okay. Yes, I did the drop. That photo that you posted that I acknowledged seeing was. Did you bur- actually take that? You- <laughs> was that actually yours? <laughs> Didn't steal that from Twitter. Just yanking that off one of the Facebook groups or what? <laughs> no. Uh. I enjoyed the drop. Like two tone purple is going to be a good bet for me anyway. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, I really like the new head sculpts. Like I like, like as I said, I like the fish head a lot more than I thought I would. I like the cougar head, I think is a nice little throwback to the original wolf head a little bit. Yeah, you know, kind of getting, you know, getting more of the the more like uh, mammal beast going again. Like I like the variety. Yeah, I, I like I like this idea. It's like, well, we just have all these different heads available now, and who knows what you're going to see next. Well, that's that's the one thing where I was like, the 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 only possible negative out of this for me is suddenly getting three new PVC armorvore unmasked heads puts a greed in me where I'm like, and then realizing like, we're probably not going to see more heads for a while, just reasonably for the way that, as far as I've understood, Glyo's tooling to work. It's like they kind of swap places with parts, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't, I don't think it's reasonable for me to think like, oh, new animal head every mo- every couple months. It's like that that probably is not reasonable at all. Uh, no, uh, I would say it is not. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And so I'm a little bummed out because I'm kind of like, oh man, I want to see like an octopus head, and I want to see, a, I want to see a praying mantis head, but, but I there do is a praying mantis head. Well, I mean, I mean, there are uh, there is also an octopus head, but it was a resin. They're like. <laughs> Uh, I got this is sort of octopus kraken head that I got off of uh, God Beast Marty Hansen way back. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are resin heads that have been done that are that are really cool too. But production PVC is just like you know if you're yeah, into Glyos, that's what, it's a, is it? That's what, that's what I'm saying though. Like his nemesis figure has the mantis head as an alternate. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the um, the Kabuto Mushi stuff. Uh, yeah, there is a mantis head in there. Sorry, I'm thinking like very specific armorvore. Uh, because yeah, you could you could ostensibly swap any head onto the armor for, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I wonder if perhaps if there was going to be any other incremental armor for stuff in the near future, it might be the helmeted head. Because that's where I was kind of looking at the helmeted head and going like, you are way more of a backpack on these guys, my friend. You are an underwater jet jetpack. You are a, a space jetpack. You are uninvolved with the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. 
kind of not because all the all those molds keep their legacy head like their like their one true head is always part of the offering oh yeah, so like, yeah. all of your all of your armor bores can have the same armored head no matter what the release is yeah uh so I, I think it's more a case of well the neo Grantham got stale quick so so okay so for a couple months we're gonna run the dragon and then then we're gonna switch up to the piranha I might do another dragon, and you'll go, where's the cougar head? And then we'll do the cougar head for a couple months. It's mm-hmm. a way of keeping the toy fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm very much expecting... Uh, I mean, the fact that there was an extras pack with the other heads, but in the one colorway, and the mm-hmm. wings, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is... Like, these these are two wings that are going to be around for a while. The piranha head is going to be... Like, if they come up with some kind of, like... Um, Cludged together build of like a little like Sharktacon looking thing made out of armor pieces with the piranha head and sell that like on its own. <laughs> I'll buy a bunch of those. Uh, but no, it's, it's really cool to see the new heads. It is, it's nice to see the armorvore get some love again. Like the armorvore was one of the first things I ever got to see debut in Glyos. Uh, and it was really exciting because I remember when it was a resin at New York Comic Con, and I was I was astonished at the idea of this heavy, thick, bulky thing being done in PVC. Um, so it's it's neat that it now gets like the first working mouth to a, to a certain degree uh, in the Glyos like tooling stuff. Um, but yeah, that was the main off-topic thing I wanted to talk about. That there's one other weird thing I don't know if I meant. Did I talk about that Darth Vader last time? The Darth Vader. Yeah. Did I talk about a Darth Vader with like a rubber body sock? I don't... I don't think so, but on the other hand, the day has been long, so brain may not be working at maximum efficiency. Many months ago, hyper-real Black Series Darth Vader mistakenly was on American Amazon for 50 bucks instead of like 80 bucks or something. 70 or 80 bucks, so I ordered it, because I was like, oh, it looks great, it's gonna be like, because they were like, it's gonna be a poseable metal skeleton with uh, soft goods on top. Somewhere in all that, I missed the part where it wasn't all soft goods, the soft goods were just the cape and the robe. Uh, and then the figure showed up, because I forgot I ordered it, because it had been months. So he's this, he's this weird, like, 7-inch scale Darth Vader, who's a metal skeleton, uh, and he's his upper body and lower body are two separate things you can actually pop apart at the ball joint, the metal kind of ball sockety joint. But he's wearing rubber rubber pants and a rubber upper body shirt over top of the rubber, or over top of the metal skeleton. Uh, so he's like those weird Hot Toys arms, or like those weird Fison naked people toys that are always on Big Bad Toy Store. Uh, and so I don't, I don't know if I want to keep this thing, but I messed with it a bit. And, like, there, there is some articulation you can pull off. The rubber he's made out of is very dense and squishy. And I, I have no idea. There's even, like, a, an instruction sheet, which is, like, trying to tell you how to care for it, but it's just, like, showing a hand dabbing at it with a cloth. And I'm like, that's not enough to upkeep soft, pliable <laughs> rubber. But <laughs> so as, as good as any Hasbro instruction. Yeah, yeah. But for the kind of thing you'd see on a Hot Toys piece. Uh and then, like, this is a weird part of the, about the rubber already. When the figure showed up, parts of his cloth lower skirt had, like, physically adhered to the rubber of his thighs, and I had to peel them off. And then there were weird, like, matte markings left behind by them, while the rest of the rubber around them was glossy. 
And then those markings have kind of disappeared and kind of not. And anyway, he is a weird friggin' toy. Don't pay full price for him because I already don't trust boutique companies like Hot Toys to make posable skeletons underneath rubber parts. I unfortunately utterly do not trust Hasbro to pull that off on a figure in a way where it's going to survive um, for very long. If you don't care about that, like, it's kind of neat, but then the scale is weird. Uh, the articulation is really cool. I hope that the rubber stuff survives, but I don't know. It's a weird toy. I'm going to I'm gonna mess with it a bit more, and then I might, at the next toy show, just get rid of it. Uh, but I... The hyper real is, is they revealed a Luke Skywalker and I'm like, is he going to be like just a naked rubber Mark Hamill with pants and a jacket or <laughs> are the pants going to be rubber? In which case they're going to look friggin weird. Uh, cause Vader's clothes being rubber kind of works because he's in a, in a, you know, spaceman suit. So that, that, that kind of works for the visual and the tactile, uh, aspects of it, but I, you know, it's weird. Uh, TJ. Would you ever let a metal skeleton with rubber skin into your household? I, I mean, it, 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 is it the evil T eight hundred or the good T eight hundred? It's the good. It's the. It's actually it's the one from Mortal Kombat X. That's who it is. Oh, sorry, eleven Mortal Kombat eleven. Okay, so looks the part. Sounds weird, but I love his line reads because <laughs> they have him playing the t-800 from terminator one it sounds like but he's doing a whole lot of dialogue like the way that he says get over here in his fatal blow <laughs> which is which is great because it's what he did he just copied elements that he heard yeah trying to fit in it's it's on topic or he's very blunt and like the <laughs> Some of the line reads are so funny. He talks to Ronda Rousey, Sonya Blade, who is unfortunately one of the worst voice actors in the whole game. Uh, and and she, when, when they start a fight, one of their intros, she's like, you know, they call me the female Terminator. And then Arnold's only line for that exchange is, why? <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, also, his ending, I saw his, his, his character ending for the tower mode, and it's like, all right. <laughs> Y'all had fun. Uh but yeah, no, I mean I mean let's say that there was there was a figure of a character you like and the figure is a rubber suit over top of a posable metal armature. Like would you have interest in that? Do you think that would survive in the Florida climate? I mean, I've seen I've seen little pieces of rubber split off a transformer tire. Uh I've seen rubber degrade on figures. Uh I, uh, bottom line, no. I don't think I would. More to the point, it's really hard for me to trust any kind of figure where if something breaks, the answer is a little bit more involved than super glue. Yeah. Also, if any of the joints are funny, it's kind of like, well, <laughs> they're buried inside rubber. Uh-huh. The nice thing about this Vader is his joints actually feel really good, and there are some ratchets in there. That, uh, that help a lot. And also, like, the, the friction joints are very tight. The rubber doesn't seem to fight back and undo any of my poses, which which is something I expected it to do. So there is that. Um, I'll throw it out there. Does anyone listening to this have any experience with those Fison naked people figures? What are, like, naked rubber person over metal skeletons? I see those on Big Bad a lot. And those seem like the only thing that is 
a true parallel to hyper real Darth Vader. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious if anyone has handled both and has any kind of comparison context. I just, I'm, I'm wondering if Hasbro like did a good job at one of these or not. Cause, uh, it's, it's interesting. I'm happy I got to handle it. I'm unhappy. I paid to handle it. And I, I hope I can make some of that money back one way or another, but it's a, it's a very weird figure. It looks like Darth Vader. I know there's arguments about whether or not it looks enough like Darth Vader, but it doesn't look to me like a fake Darth Vader, so there's that. Uh, TJ, anything else off-topic on your end you want to hit up? You know, last time we were talking off-topic, uh, I had two things that I did want to bring up, mm-hmm. but I wanted to wait until Aaron was back. And then he left. And Yeah, you sent him away. I, so, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I will continue to hold on to these. <laughs> I want to specify, that, I did not send him away. I merely gave him the out. <laughs> and he took it very hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, upside, I think I have non-Aaron related off topic on the way. So next time. All right. Yeah. What a, and I, I've got a possibly flame toys star saver here next time. If this FedEx tracking is telling me all the right things. Uh, so that, that'll be neat too. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to handling that thing. Uh, anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, our apologies that we are kind of talking about everything the night before the breakfast, but we did have the Earthrise reveals, so this is a, a good hunk of it. Um, I, and I, I don't expect that the, the breakfast will show a categorically large amount of new stuff, but maybe I'm saying that so that they will. Uh, either way, I mean, okay, yeah, we have ahead. a list, that we have a, we have a list that, some of it is there yeah. already. And we haven't seen a Decepticon yet. That's right. We haven't seen one. We know that there is a Starscream, probably. So we don't know. We suspect there's a Starscream in that first wave. <laughs> uh, I, if there if there is one toy we haven't seen that they might show that I would like to see, it would be an Earth Mode Seeker Mold. Since it's going to be re- reused most probably a whole bunch, I'd just like to know what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, what I want to see, I want to see it before I sink money into the other uh, siege seekers. Yeah, uh, I, I like the the siege the siege nose jet a whole lot, um, but I, I would like to know if I would like to know how much of that nose jet is in if there is a Voyager Earth mode seeker in that Earth, Earth, Earth mode seeker. Uh, anyway, TJ, thank you for joining me once again, <laughs> and uh, Aaron, wherever you are. Uh, in the 1700s. Thank you for joining us. And uh, thank you, dear listener, for joining us, too. We'll talk to you later. We'll always be podcasting about something Transformers-related. It'll always come here eventually, so just stay tuned for it. And uh, while you do so, also, please, please stay safe. But you got some badass perpetrators, they're here to stay.